Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. That's the point of the program. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Uh, Of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features on the site totally free. Unlike those other talk show hosts in the business that want to charge you seven or eight bucks a month uh, for their sites, we just give it to you. And if you want to support us, there are ways to do that. Uh, But so enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Now, last night, uh, toward the end of the show, we came across... uh, the news that is is pretty disturbing, and we weren't able to do much more than touch on it last night, so I wanted to make sure we opened up the show with this uh, tonight. And it's from The Guardian in the UK, guardian.co.uk, but it's not about something uh, from the UK. They're reporting on what the U.S. government is doing. And, of course, it's always a good idea to turn to the international media when you want to get better reporting about mm. what the government does because as we've seen so often here in the so-called United States, the media here is typically just a lapdog. Uh, they repeat press releases. Whatever the government says essentially is the story. Yeah, They're usually busy on compelling uh, news articles like uh, what Charlie Sheen is talking about. Too. Yeah, or Lindsay Lohan. So the news is that commanders in Afghanistan are bracing themselves for possible riots and public fury triggered by the publication of trophy photographs of U.S. soldiers posing with the dead bodies of defenseless Afghan civilians that they killed. Senior officials at NATO's international... Yeah, these guys aren't... These people definitely aren't in uniform. Um, you know, some... I've seen the pictures. I, the one I saw in particular that... I, I only saw a few of them, but the one I saw of this guy in the striped shirt was just disgusting. Yeah, well, you only... When did these... Like, when were these taken? Uh, good question. There are 4,000 of them, oh, so uh, likely wow. over a lengthy period of time, but I, that's just speculation on my part. Uh, we've certainly read stories and, and heard from people in the past who have told us about the sadistic people yeah. that will that'll be that are attracted to the military that have gone over there and we've we've heard that can stories. be attracted to the military i mean not every one of them is so. yeah i mean a lot of them now are just trying to get college money sure sure uh but nonetheless uh you know we have heard these stories about these killers that are just going yeah. over there and reveling in the violence uh that they can unleash on innocent people without any kind of consequences yeah, well, they're, i mean they're mentally broken down once they enter the army so it makes sense so uh, senior officials at NATO's International Security Assistance Force in Kabul have compared the pictures published by the German news weekly Der Spiegel to the images of U.S. soldiers abusing prisoners in Abu Ghraib in Iraq, which sparked waves of anti-U.S. protests around the world. They fear the pictures could be even more damaging as they show the aftermath of deliberate murders of Afghanistan civilians by, rogue, by a rogue U.S. striker tank unit that operated in the southern province of Kandahar last year. Some of the activities of the self-styled kill team are already public, with 12 men currently on trial in Seattle for their role in the killing of three civilians. Five of the soldiers are on trial for premeditated murder after they staged killings to make it look like they were defending themselves from Taliban attacks. Other charges include the uh, mutilation of corpses, the possession of images of human casualties, and drug abuse. All of the soldiers have denied the charges. They face the death penalty or life in prison. If I'd convicted. deny it too if I was facing the death yeah. penalty. Huh? 
The case has already created shock around the world, particularly with the revelations that the men cut trophies from the bodies of the people that they killed. This is nothing uncommon in war. I mean, yeah. I, I know that I, I would like to think our military is better than I think most Americans would like to think their military is better than that. But what you have to sort of descend to in your own mind in order to be particularly good at the the occupation of war, I think, results in things like this. Yeah, you just have to go back to a barbaric state in order to put yourself on a you know mental level where you can do that to people where you can kill without conscience and investigate well so that that's true to some extent people that are placed in these roles can kind of morph into them as we've seen with the stanford prison experiment uh, but in many cases it also attracts people who sure. you know were killing animals when they were yeah. growing up uh now they get to kill human beings for sure. fun you know there was uh there's the case and it's documented of the uh i think it was a captain that uh offered his little troop or whatever the first guy who gets a bayonet kill in iraq gets a mm-hmm. uh, a week furlough when we get back to the states yeah. i mean wow. a, a bayonet kill in 2003 yes. An investigation by the German publication Der Spiegel has unearthed approximately 4,000 photos and videos taken by the men. The magazine, which is planning to publish only three of the images, said that in addition to the crimes the men were on trial for, there are also entire collections of pictures of other victims that some of the defendants were keeping. The U.S. military has strived to keep the pictures out of the public domain, fearing it could inflame feelings at a time when anti-Americanism in Afghanistan is already running high. (laughs) Well, it's Gee, I wonder and so why. it should. It's yeah. hard to run a war in the midst of civilians and have it go well. And I understand that you know, I mean, the, I, the, these the, the people they're fighting aren't good people by by any means. But what what is the point in being over there in the first place? I mean, not the first place. What's the point of being over there now? I, what is America gaining on the ground in Afghanistan? Well, when you say America, today? what do you mean? The nation? The nation. What, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, how could we gain anything from what they do? Okay. Besides, what, the only people gaining are the military-industrial complex who get to sell to more bombs yeah, and yeah. That's about uh, bullets and selling, armor. Selling hard, hard tanks. bullets to well, go into soft, soft bodies. I mean, I, at this point, I've lost. Uh, what's their current excuse for being over there? Because I've really terrorism, not terrorism, terrorism. paid attention that much. Their current excuse is that it could descend into the sort of place that it was previously, which is a hotbed for terrorist activity where the terrorists could go. But that argument could be made for many countries yeah, that, that have... Yeah, that couldn't be made for here. Well, I I think less so here than it could be in, in a lot of other places. I mean, the police state is pretty much up and running here, but... You know, there's there's the wilds of Sudan. Uh, Libya was a good example just just recently. I don't know. Maybe that's still maybe that sort of thing still going on in Libya. Um, when you when you're looking in many rural areas, uh, people can be doing things un- unobserved. In a statement, the army said it apologized for the distress caused by photographs depicting actions repugnant to us as human beings and contrary to the standards and values of the United States. Did you know that the United States has values? And standards? The U.S. government hope it does. has values? <laughs> huh. The lengthy Spiegel seems like they're plenty fine with murder and killing and, uh, and hurting peaceful yeah. people. That's what they do on a regular basis. It, That's all they've got. Right. Well, anyway, the lengthy Spiegel article that accompanies the photographs contains new details about the sadistic behavior of the men. In one incident in May last year, the article says during a patrol, the team apprehended a mullah who was standing by the road and took him into a ditch where they made him kneel down. 
The group's leader, Staff Sergeant Calvin Gibbs, then allegedly threw a grenade at the man while an order was given for him to be shot. Afterwards, Gibbs is described cutting off one of the man's little fingers and removing a tooth. The patrol team later claimed to their superiors that the mullah had tried to threaten them with a grenade and that they had no choice but to shoot. On Sunday night, many organizations employing foreign staff, including the United Nations... got a bunch of American grenades, those mullahs over there in (laughs) Afghanistan. Ordering their staff into a lockdown, banning all movements around Kabul and requiring people to remain in their compounds. In addition to the threat from the publication of the photograph, security has been tightened or heightened amid fears the Taliban may try to attack Persian New Year celebrations. Uh, so anyway, they, one security manager from the U.S. company DynCor sent an email to clients warning that publication of the photos was likely to incite the local population as the severity of the incidents to be revealed are graphic and extreme. Meg, what was the name of the company that uh, did RoboCop? The, the fictional Omnicore? company? Omnicore? Yeah, Omnicore. Okay, DynCor. Uh, DynCor sounds like one of these sure fictional yeah. movie uh, corporations that releases you something know, awful. More and us. more every day, like when they make a new program within the government, it just sounds like something either out of a creepy sci-fi movie or like 1984. It's... They just don't even hide it anymore. They don't even yep. try to hide it. They're just like, yeah, we're going to take you over and rule you and make your life miserable. Enjoy. So, so there's the news. As it, as mentioned here, only three photos have been released uh, at this point. But there are 4,000 of them that uh, the, the German magazine claims to have possession of. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And, of course, we're supposed to believe uh, the U.S. government, they're you know, claim that this is so horrifying. We are so sorry. Uh, we're supposed to believe this is just an isolated incident, that there's only one kill team in Iraq, and it's all under control. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include news updates. You can get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can follow us via Twitter, Facebook, or get our emailed updates over at news.freetalklive.com. How does Cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event's what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. We've uh, secured a few more rooms, but we can't promise anything after April the 17th. Rooms are as low as $600, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today if you want to go on this uh, this exciting cruise with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand, and myself. It's cruise.freetalklive.com. 
All right, coming up, uh, news about what's going on in the world of the dinosaur old media. Apparently, the New York Times is planning or I guess is like in the process of instituting a paywall on its website. And we'll talk about just how screwed up uh, their plan is uh, because, well, they don't. There's just an old dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah, they just don't know what they're doing. So we'll explain that here in a little bit. Uh, 800-259-9231. Also, you can take control of the airwaves. Let's talk to Scott in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Good evening, Ian, Mark, and Meg. How are you? It's Scott the Bigot. Scott, what's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, uh, we we have a war going on in in Libya. And let's be very frank about it. It's just a diversion to take the American people's mind off this rotten depression that we're in. Uh, and uh, we need to get out of the Middle East altogether. Let's let, let's look at the track record of the United States in the Middle East. Oh my gosh, we, I agree with Scott the Bigot. Sometimes he will <laughs> say things that are agreeable, but give him time. It's a trick. Give him time. We have okay. nothing. We have nothing to show for Iraq and Afghanistan. They're just a, they're they're horrific failures. That's number one. Now we're attacking Libya. And, you know and by we, pay- you mean the United States yeah, federal I'm government? I'm not attacking anybody. Yeah, and I have nothing to do with it. Nor does Meg or Mark. Probably I, most I, of our when listeners. I meant we, I meant our, 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 our government. Yeah, and uh, the, the United States government is attacking uh, Libya. And uh, it has a, the, the, the pattern is, is that we, we've gone from Iraq and Afghanistan, now we're going to Libya. Then this is going to move its way toward Iran. Uh, make no mistake about it, within the next six months to a year, the United States will some way, somehow, be engaged in a major war with Iran. This is not going to be like Libya, where they're just going to lob a few missiles. When that day happens, the Iranians have a very strong armed forces. They're working on nuclear weapons. They're going to give this nation a run for their money. The U.S. will spark a third world war uh, if, they, if they ever dare attack Iran. And by the way, I have not forgotten Israel. Uh, Israel figures very prominently in this because the, uh, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee and other powerful Jewish and Zionist groups make no mistake about it. They're pulling all the strings. They're working in the background. And well, also, I just don't understand why that even matters. Uh, yeah, and here's where our paths diverge. Yeah, how, <laughs> how, do, how do you know that? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the, Israel wants the United States in their neighborhood. We were attacked on 9-11. And you've got to ask yourself, Mark and Ian and Meg, why was the United States attacked on 9-11? We were attacked. being mean? No, we were attacked because the Muslim world was fed up with us, was outraged for us giving $10 billion annually to Israel in military and economic yeah, I don't think that you can – see, this is one of your big problems is yeah. that you – because you have this – well, I don't know if it's because you're, you're a bigot, but uh, it's fairly common that people put folks into groups. But the idea that you could speak for the Muslim world, that you would – that the Muslim world would want something collectively, that they would all have uh, – you know, be in agreement on whatever it is that, that you're that claiming. That they all got together and they told you – Right. That, uh, About the, this. Like that the people that attacked on 9-11 did something because the Muslim world feels a certain way or, or believes something, which is just as, as, as ignorant, Scott, as saying that the American world feels like this. I mean, how many Americans do you know that agree on everything? I, right oh. here in this room, we have people with uh, with disagreements on things. So there is no way for you to make a statement like that and retain any credibility. It's obvious that the Muslim world despises us. How can you argue that? They despise us. There are Muslims that live here in this in this country, and they yeah. love living here, and they, they no, like I'm, the things that uh, that you know the relative freedom uh, brings them. 
I'm talking about the Muslim world in the Middle East. Oh, well, now you're getting more specific. That's but even then, I'm you're talking. still talking in a general group. You really can't make form. any. You can't make any statement about groups. I mean, you can say Fred doesn't like the United States, or what something if I like. say this? In the next six months to one year, I predict that the United States is not going to be merely involved in individual wars like Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya, but it's going to ignite into a giant world war involving Iran and Russia will get involved. And also big oil figures in this, in the military-industrial complex, because you have to understand that the United States economy, let's look at the Cold War. We depend on the military-industrial complex to manufacture arms to keep our people employed. So in other words, who, what are you talking about? Who's we? We is the military-industrial complex. Well, that's sorry. Thank you for the call tonight, Scott. That's not me. I'm not employed by them. Nobody I know is employed by them. And it's not that hard to find other ways to produce things, goods, services that people want that aren't blowing things up because that's just destruction. And, you know, there's only so much of that that you can do until... It doesn't add value to the Yeah, and then you're pretty much finished with the destruction thing. Then you're kind of out of options of things to do. So why not produce things that are of worth and value? Right. The military-industrial complex doesn't do anything for anybody except for the people within the military-industrial complex. And overall, it, it hurts the economy because, yeah. as you pointed out, it's destruction. Their product is death. Their product is, uh, is damage. Uh, it's not creating wealth. It's not creating value. It creates negative because it destroys things. That's right. So, And then there's also the, the fact that the money uh, that is going to them, that is being taken from us and being f- funneled to them, is money that otherwise we could have used to do things that are productive. So not only is it destruction from that perspective mm-hmm. in that their product or service is damaging and destructive, but it's also extra destructive because otherwise there would have been things that were created, uh, new services and new products and new jobs that actually have value in the marketplace that would have been created with that money had we been able to keep it in the first place. Yeah, I've always wondered how far along the human race would be at this point. Were there no governments to hinder anything in the process? Well, I think that, you know, maybe um, there were maybe there was a time when governments were sort of a necessity in order to keep things uh, you know, orderly. I don't know, but it's clear that we need a certain level of order. I just think that we've moved beyond that, that the communication is such that I can talk to somebody around the world from cell phone to cell phone. And it, it takes 30 seconds tops to, to communicate. I can IM with those same yeah. people. And the organization factor can be done by companies that run those phone systems or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you just don't you don't need the kind of organization that we, we have any longer. And, custom, and, and governments are notoriously bad at providing customer service. We come back with more here in moments. Your calls as well at 800-259-9231. It's so important. Not to think with this group-based mentality. Only individuals have feelings and thoughts. More coming up. You can take control. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9.
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, features including listening options. We've got live streams, both broadband and dial-up versions. Plus, uh, you can also tune in via other methods like our great radio stations across the country, 94 of them from coast to coast. Our satellite channel, which is free to air, meaning you don't have to pay a subscription fee. The webcam and the listen lines allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go and get the details on how to listen in at listen.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here, by the way, joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Uh, We'll continue with your thoughts uh, in just a moment. Also want to remind you that Meg has her own website, libertyflare.com. What's Flare? Uh, One-inch buttons, like you've seen in the movie Office Face. Yes, and if you haven't seen that movie, you should. Yeah, I thought I'd cater to the nerd crowd here. (laughs) And what are the buttons, uh, I guess, portraying? Um. Lots of uh, different Liberty groups we have up here. I have Free Talk Live uh, Flair available, and they're all really cheap, 50 cents a piece, uh, flat rate shipping, two bucks. And so get Load as many up. as you want. And yeah, it's easy way to start a conversation about Liberty. Good stuff. And they look great as well. LibertyFlair.com for uh, some of makes great work. Are you on any prescription medications? Are you getting your prescription medications at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your prescription medications at discounts as high as 70% off. They'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com. You click become a member there on the left-hand side of the page. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step. They'll call you back the next day um, if you uh, you know click in the evening, and you'll save a lot of money. These these medications are tested, and they are the the real deal. You're not uh, you're not getting some kind of off knockoff or anything like that. It's meds.freetalklive.com. Doesn't matter if it's Zetia, Nexium, Lipitor. Ablify, Boniva, Cialis, or Viagra. It's meds.freetalklive.com. All right, coming up, we've got an update on the Kill Team story uh, as well. as apparently somewhat breaking. Uh, we'll go to, first, though, your calls. Justin is listening in Maryland. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Meg. And I'm Mark. here. Hey, Justin, you're here. Okay. Um, I just want to know, things are going crazy out there. I mean, the American people are constantly getting screwed over by our government. And I just think a lot of people are getting angrier. I mean, You think so? Co- I don't know oh, what's yeah. what's new. You really think that think it, are. you think the government's screwing people over more than they have you know than they've ever been well, or noticeably more? I mean, to get the American people really angry, you have to really you have to have them lose everything. You know, man. I don't I think, think we're quite there yet. Right, we're yeah. not even close to the that. Ways, we're ways from losing everything, yeah. but I'd say that, we, that that there's a that there's a uh, that, that the tenor is beginning to rise in this country. Yes, there is a. Uh, I think there's a quiet rage in the country. I think we're starting beginning. I think we're the last kind of country to, to, to experience the kind of unrest that has uh, other countries have experienced. But I think in the near future, we are going to experience the kind of unrest that has been in Europe, Egypt, and the other countries. I think that you could be right, especially yeah. if we start seeing more significant inflation come down uh, as well. I, and- I would agree with that too. I had an experience here recently on Facebook. I, you know, member of you know some some sort of mainstream Republican organizations. One of them was this uh, this gal that was running for Congress or something like that here in in New Hampshire, and she put some point. Uh, she said a, a bumper sticker seen on military site. Um, you know something about defending. Uh, you know defending the Constitution. Blah blah blah. And I said made some comment like, uh, well. 
well, I guess they must have a difficult time finding those enemies domestic. And somebody made some comment about the uh, the guy who shot people up down in uh, the Fort Hood, Texas. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, no, I'm talking about the people in Washington, D.C. I fear the politicians in this country far more than I fear any terrorists. And the yep. whole Republican group just liked the crap out of my uh, comment. No Oh, well, I mean, it's because Barack Obama's in office. Uh, Mark. It indeed, would have been different, but I mean, that doesn't change that the, the tenor is beginning to rise. And this was talking about military folks not doing, going after enemies domestic. Exactly. People think it's the terrorist Arab and stuff like that. It's a lot of crap, in my opinion. So, uh, any other predictions you want to make tonight? Well, I do predict that you know that you know things are going on so bad, but you know I don't think the government can get away with this for too long. Sooner or later, you know, there's, always, there's something called karma. There's something called you reap what you sow. And eventually it's going to come back on them. I think it will. But at the same time, this government's been really good about getting, you know, people started very young, indoctrinating them, mm-hmm. dumbing them down. And so people are really apathetic in this country. And it, it's hard for me to imagine the sort of uprising that I've seen in, like, European countries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't really see that in England because England's been doing the same thing. And so I really, it's going to take a lot more for the people of this country to get up, you know, Yes, it will big. take a lot more. But it, I think as things get worse, uh, the American people will eventually have a fire lit up their butt, and they're going to have to do something eventually. Thanks for the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Justin, at 800-259-9231. Well, I think that um, they're beginning to see the futility of the uh, the two-party system and voting uh, for solutions. I mean, you know, there, it was a dis- the, the Bush administration with all Republicans in there for six years in the House, the Senate, and the White House. That was a disaster. The Obama administration with all Democrats in the Senate, the House, and the White House – for two years, that was a disaster. I think you're probably going to see something like an all-Republican situation happening again from 2012 to 2014. And people are going to realize, man, neither one of these parties, the Republicans are talking about you know smaller government. They're not doing it. The Democrats are talking about helping the little guy. They're not doing it. Why now, Mark? Why is it that people are going to realize that now? The same thing has been going on for decades. Is it because of the information has that's available Has the same thing now? been going on for decades? They've been trading parties for they, years. They haven't really been trading parties for years. Ian, please show me where they have swung, where the pendulum has swung this quickly in American history, where it's gone from all all Republicans to all Democrats back to and, and I see point, what you're saying. I'm predicting all Republicans at this point. It's just a prediction. But um, I, that hasn't happened. That is it's unprecedented in our history. I think it shows mm. that those that that and in and of itself shows a you know how upset people are and they're they don't know what to do. And once, well, that was going to be my question. Once is what the do you ballot do box it? doesn't work anymore, then what are they going to do? I they're on there, the soapbox. There is something to be said for the technology and the ability for people to share information so quickly now as, you know, a reason for that swinging pendulum, because now people, so. you know, they have more to see. And so they can see like the more corrupt stuff right away and they can be like, well, we don't want that anymore. So we'll go to the other guy. Right. There's more independent media now. Yeah. So the news can get get out more accurately about the, the, you know, the nasty things that are going on behind the scenes. And as a result of that extra independent media, to some extent, keeps the old media a little bit more honest as well. And I think there's overall... Very little bit more, but a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> overall, information's better now than it's ever been. It passes quicker. And so that may 
be a, a fa- I think it may be a major factor. And if if things like are going to happen, like our caller suggests, uh, then it's going to be because people are are better educated and better informed now than they ever were. Well, I wouldn't count on uh, on them being better educated and better informed as much as they're just frustrated is what I would uh, say. I mean, you, you don't know, think people are better educated and informed today? I think that they have the access to the information, but. I, I I think that knowing a portion of the information is just as dangerous as knowing none. Yeah, and a lot of people are very selective about where they get their information or what kind of information they choose to believe. That's true. When I was looking for stories about the uh, New York Times uh, today, I went and I searched because I saw the news uh, somewhere and it wasn't as detailed as I wanted. So I started looking through the different news. Uh, you know, I did a Google search for the New York Times paywall because they're putting up a they're putting up what they call a paywall. They're making it so people have to pay for their their mm-hmm. news articles online. Never a good idea. And I went and I found a story that was much more ideologically aligned <laughs> with, uh, with what I was yeah, looking for. You can do it. <laughs> so uh, 800-259-9231. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the the old media here in a little bit. But I want to give you an update on the Kill Team story that we started the show out with tonight. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, A soldier being court-martialed on a U.S. Army base near Seattle for the murder of three Afghan civilians has agreed to plead guilty Wednesday in hopes of earning a reduced sentence. We should send him a don't-take-the-plea-deal flyer. According to one of the attorneys handling his case. Now, I think that the don't-take-the-plea-deal is for people that actually are, you know, regular folks that haven't hurt anybody else. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> more coming up here. We'll give you more details on what's going on with this guy and the kill team, the six sadistic people that, uh, it's even hard to call them people, sadistic individuals that took, people. took innocent people's lives and photographed and videoed it and more on the way. This guy's pleading guilty. It's free talk. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Take control of these airwaves, 1-800-259-9231. And you can, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features free. One of those features is our webcam. Watch, listen, chat. We've got the chat room built in, the very same page. You just go to cam.freetalklive.com to do those things uh, for free, of course. That's cam. Freetalklive.com. The webcam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, ZenPaks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right. Continuing here, uh, you can, of course, bring up anything you want. We're giving you an update on the kill team situation. The news was that uh, 4,000 photos are in the possession of a German magazine. I believe it's uh, Der Spiegel. And they have released a handful of them at this point, saying that they don't intend to release any more. Uh, but it's of these sickos who... They're were, traitors to America, and they need to be put on trial for release of this kind of information. <laughs> 
Well, I haven't heard any calls for that yet, but I'm sure that there are likely people that, that believe that out there, Mark. They um, are endangering the troops with this kind of subversive stuff. That the troops can do no wrong, etc. Well, in this case, even the U.S. military can't stand by these guys uh, because they got caught But that doesn't change the fact that it could very well, these, these photographs could very well endanger troops on the ground. And because people would say, well, that guy's wearing the same uniform as the, the other people that mm-hmm. I saw in the, in the photographs doing these horrible things. And these were some of the same arguments that were made about WikiLeaks when WikiLeaks is really just a press organization. Albeit not nearly as old and as respected as Der Spiegel, but these are the same things that WikiLeaks did. So there's news about one of these characters. Again, it was a squad of uh, individuals who were – they they were called rogue. Uh, they were going around killing innocent people, murdering them, and attempting to make it look like that uh, they were under attack by these folks. So one of them is now pleading guilty uh, in order to get a reduced – I guess reduced sentencing. Uh, Jeffrey Nathan, a lawyer for Army Specialist Jeremy Morlock, says, My client is admitting on the record to three counts of murder, plus one count of conspiracy to commit assault and battery, and one count of illegal drug use. This week, the German news magazine Der Spiegel published three photographs said to show U.S. soldiers accused of being part of a rogue kill team last year during their tour in Afghanistan. Perhaps the most damaging image appears to show Mr. Morlock smiling as he lifts the head of a dead, bloodied Afghan man. It's disgusting. Yeah, we saw that those pictures, and he looks absolutely sick. A court martial is scheduled to start Wednesday for Spurlock or Morlock, rather, uh, age 22, of Wasilla, Alaska. He's one of 12 <laughs> soldiers charged with an array of offenses stemming from an incident last year where the Army says three Afghan civilians were murdered by members of the 5th Striker Brigade. Wasilla, he, represent! He indicated that once Morlock stipulated to the military's facts in the case, he will mount what uh, amounts to a good soldier defense. The court will be asked to consider the defendant's overall military record and mitigating factors such as coercion by others. He said his client may testify in any cases arising from the incidents. The Army, which issued a statement of apology, plans to investigate the release of the photos. Uh, Another Army colonel said the photos have been sealed under a protective order. And Der Spiegel also published a photo that displayed the corpses of several Afghan civilians believed to have been killed by U.S. soldiers, despite no indications that they were combatants. You know, I think the U.S. Army owns a little more than an apology in this case. Like, issuing an apology seems... What else are they going to do? Pull out of Afghanistan? (laughs) There's certainly not... That's not an option on their table. You know, I mean, how do you even measure retribution in this case? Well, I would imagine that uh, checks are probably going to be in the mail. If they're not, they really should be. <laughs> to who? To whom? The Afghan civilians? The yeah. dead guys? Well, the, the, their families of uh, their... Presuming uh, they're still alive yeah. or identifiable in any way, shape, or form. Well, Plus, if the American government came to you and said, hey, we're going to, we, you know, we killed your family, I would just run. I wouldn't want to hear what they had to say. I'd think they were there to kill me too i mean maybe i'm uh, exaggerating here but i don't get the impression that many afghanistan folks just have an email address where you can uh, hit them up and uh, you know get in touch you'd have to know where these things happened they, they got names don't yeah. they they do have photos yeah, i don't i mean maybe true. maybe i'm just uh, i guess you're right i mean it might be very difficult to find out who these folks are but it seems like there should be some kind of uh, reparations made to them i mean their family members were killed um you know, this uh, I, I guess 
Is it's, that half the cost of war? Is we're just paying off people who we kill their families? Uh, at you this know, point? At, at this point, the United, the way the United States runs wars is they uh, they go in, they destroy your company, they re- rebuild it ten times better than it was before. So in fact, yeah, that's exactly what uh, what the cost of war is. I don't think that Iraq has been rebuilt uh, better than it was before. They still, last I heard, the they military still have, bases have right. The military's doing fine. <laughs> yeah. Their green zones a okay. Yeah, the embassy is giant and and huge. Right. Uh, as far as the rest of them, though, I think running water is a problem. I don't think much. I can't imagine much anymore. Uh, so Mark Huger, the Der Spiegel reporter who filed the story, declined to comment on how the news organization acquired the photos. He said the magazine wouldn't compromise its sources, and good for him, by detailing how the photographs were obtained. And thank goodness this is a German magazine, because what we've seen uh, recently is more and more court decisions in this country basically forcing U.S. news media organizations to do things like reveal sources. Yeah, that one, that poor kid like went to jail for how many months for not revealing? revealing his sources and the only reason he was protected in jail was because they asked you know the big huge guys in jail asked him why he was in there and he said i didn't say my sources and so they're like which one was that it was like one of the first kids to go to jail and he just looked like he was right out of school um was a news reporter uh yeah he was doing some freelance work Mm. at you know normally college newspaper type kid and of course, there was just the, uh, the court decision recently, and I don't remember which level of court it was, but a court decision that came down in favor of, uh, or rather against, newspapers' right to protect their commenters' privacy. They're forcing newspapers to hand over IP address information on anonymous commenters. So you've wow. got that. You've got reporters being forced to turn over sources. I Mark, did the, you say that uh, the U.S. was like 79th in the world uh, for press freedom or something I'll like that? I'll look it up. But uh, yeah, there was, it's not a, good. There's a list of uh, uh, freest nations in the world uh, regarding press freedom. And the United States is like way down the list. Oh, mid-pack, yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give you a number here in a second. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think that's Reporters Without Borders or something like that. I forget the name. There's an organization that, that does that study on a yearly basis. Uh, Huger said they would not compromise their sources and he would not comment on whether they could have been received from other soldiers serving in Afghanistan. According to press reports, soldiers have told investigators that such photos of dead bodies were passed around like trading cards on thumb drives or on other digital storage devices. You know, when killing's your business, you're going to need to. You're going to be interested in it, and you're going to be need. You're going to need to, uh, you know, sort of uh, anesthetize your, yourself to these things. You know, these. This is just one group of soldiers that killed civilians, and they did it on purpose. But there have been all kinds of. Uh, reported incidents where civilians have been killed in Afghanistan by accident. I'm not talking about stray bombs, and that certainly has happened. And I'm not just talking about drone attacks, which, you know, they're supposed to be as good as any other aircraft. But I'm talking about insertion teams going in and shooting up boys' schools and then saying, oh, yeah, we, we yeah, this is, uh, this is, these are terrorists, and then being found out that they're not. So basically, if you're wrong, it's okay. If you did it on purpose, it's murder. 1-800-259-9231. That's the number here of 12 defendants. According to the Wall Street Journal, only Morlock and four others have been charged with premeditated murder. The others face charges such as assault and drug use. And proceedings have concluded for five of those seven defendants with five convicted and confined and likely facing discharge. So at this point, the sergeant, I believe it was, uh, that was in charge of this particular team of killers has not yet been uh, convicted. His trial is still to come. And now that they've gotten the plea bargain for from this individual, uh, that likely means that this other guy's fate is is probably going to be sealed.
because yeah. he's he's now going to testify against uh, the other members who are still saying that they're not guilty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is clearly one guy here that was kind of leading at least one of them was leading the way and encouraging this uh, this sort of behavior. Uh, it looks like the United States was 20th on 20th? Press, free- press freedom. So um, I apologize. Yeah, I, I thought it was lower than that, too. It must yeah. have been some other list. We, we read several lists. It's on- still pretty bad for the country that has it enshrined in yeah. its First Amendment. The very first one. The most yeah. important thing. Oh, but we're number 20 in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks it like just- Estonia... Lithuania, um, Austria, former Russian states. Yeah, I mean, or you know, USSR. These, these places that I guess they 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 value their freedom more now that they've had they, yeah, since they can eat remember. It, ha- yeah, they remember <laughs> not having. <laughs> All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still plenty of time for your thoughts coming up here. You can dial in toll free, take control of the airwaves. Plus, we'll talk about the old media. The New York Times, of course, uh, one of the biggest dinosaurs out there still. Managing to continue along and uh, do business here in the 21st century, but how long will that last? They've got a new paywall plan they're uh, instituting, and we'll explain what that means here in a little bit. Also, take your calls as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You've heard the saying, one good thing leads to another? It's true, especially when you're talking about CentOS. Choosing CentOS for your company's rental uniform leads you to the finest service, quality, and innovation. And now it leads you to popular Carhartt branded apparel. That's right. CentOS, the leading provider of rental uniform programs, and Carhartt, the premier brand of retail workwear, have partnered to bring you a new and exclusive offering. It's the Carhartt Rental Workwear Program, only from CentOS. You'll enjoy CentOS's weekly pickup and delivery, professional cleaning and repairs. You'll look good and feel good wearing comfortable Carhartt branded apparel. You'll wear Carhartt to work and CentOS will do your laundry. The Carhartt Rental Workwear Program is exclusive to CentOS. It's easy to get started. Have your company go to CentOS.com for all the details. That's C-I-N-T-A-S dot com. CentOS, the uniform people. Live, dial in toll free, take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. As we launch here into the second hour of the program, joining you tonight, it's Ian and Meg and Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us again, freetalklive.com. And, by the way, the main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. The stuff that you see there on the front page, the main items and the main column there, those are all created by listeners like you. You can, when you find something online, take that URL and put it into our site, submit it as show prep. It shows up in the upcoming stories queue, and that's where people will then vote as to whether they like or dislike uh, what it is that you have placed there. You get to vote on things, too, and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So, again, 1-800-259-9231 is the number here. There's news out of the New York Times and kind of off and on here on Free Talk Live over the last de- you know, decade that we've been doing the show. We've been keeping an eye on the status of the, the big media, the old media, the old guard, if you will, uh, and watching as they, like the other old guards in the world, like uh, – 
you know, the big record companies, the RIAA, Recording Industry Association of America, the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, watching these organizations that have a certain way of doing business, watching as they thrash and they struggle and they they nip and they, they do everything they possibly can, like a dying animal or a dinosaur, uh, trying to stay alive, trying to keep their old, outdated, decrepit business model alive in this, the 21st century. It's just been kind of an interesting, like watching a train wreck. You know, you it's horrifying, but you, you can't, can't turn away. Yeah, you can't. Um, this isn't quite as horrifying, but it is also interesting in that same kind of manner. Watching Lots slower. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's taking, uh, you know, years and years for these people to uh, either tr- either come to conclusions that are correct and change their business model in a more positive manner or to slowly die, uh, die off. And of course, we've seen newspapers dying uh, over the last newspapers are having the toughest time. Uh, radio, television, they are doing all right in comparison to newspapers. Uh, but it's it's newspapers that may not survive, you know, the next decade. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that there's. I think they're going to have to in some form or another. But it, it may it may <laughs> some of them. A few newspapers out there are doing okay, but the large largest amount of dailies are really just taking it on the chin. It seems to be the weekly format that's, uh, um, you know, that's that's largely ads and advertorial that is is thriving still. They're doing well. And it, but these the daily uh, form where the journalism is, and this is I think or the, was I mean if you look at our local newspaper it's 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 sad yeah it's uh, all the stories I read in there are pretty not well covered well when you, you're talking about the big ones though L A um, you know yeah. Miami New York these are the these are where the journalists the the, the premier journalists tend to sit right magazines too I don't want to diminish those are dying magazines. too. Magazines are having a tough time. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and where, I guess, my question is always when we bring this up: Where is the journalism going to come from? Because people want good journalism. Bloggers, bloggers just they, 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 they don't make any money. They do it for yeah. fun. Well, plus it's really hit or miss and very opinionated out there. So you have to find somebody who's a little objective and very mm. reliable. Which is, I, I don't know, Mark. Know. I mean, that's a great question. And if anybody has any suggestions, you're certainly welcome to call in at 800-259-9231. But a but, new model is necessary. Yeah, people want to get their journalism for free right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is that is the model on the Internet, that I should be able to go to the Internet and I should be able to pull up a New York Times story and read that New York Times story that a journalist was paid high five figures, low six figures a year to write. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm going to give you some of these numbers here in this article about the New York Times and what they're going to do. And when you hear those numbers, it might give you an idea as to how journalism could be uh, could be funded on into the future. But the problem is with the New York Times, this is behemoth. It's this humongous organization with all kinds of levels of uh, bureaucracy that may not be necessary in order to run a news organization today. Uh, so let's uh, jump into this here. Right. Well, I would, I would, yeah. po- um, uh, I would agree with that that the that the the good journalists of the world don't need a good editor. Uh, you know, I mean that uh, yeah. the, that that's that's a position that they don't need, and then all that other stuff that goes into you know making and delivering. You know, sticky, ugly paper that puts ink on your fingers. Like I don't, I don't think people want that as much anymore. So there's news all over the place on this. Uh, Reuters has Felix Salmon reporting that the New York Times paywall has arrived. It's going up in Canada today and then worldwide on March 28th. 
The most comprehensive source for the gritty details uh, is a, a frequently asked questions over on the New, uh, New York Times website, which does explain uh, does things like explain the difference between an item and a page view, uh, whatever that means. He says a slideshow or a multi-page article is one item, no matter how many slides it contains. The New York Times has decided not to make the paywall very cheap and porous in the first instance as people get used to it. $15 for four weeks might be cheap Whoa. compared to the cost of a print subscription, but $195 per year, I don't know, that's... How much more is that compared to, or less is that compared to a print subscription? It, it sounds maybe on par. I don't know about a uh, print subscription of the New York Times. I would suspect that's a lot more, but the local that's a local paper subscription. Yeah. yeah. Uh, $195 per year is still enough with no cost, right? I mean, as far as you're printing papers, that there's a cost involved in that, but there's very, very low cost involved in propagating articles on the internet. It's just the cost of storage, servers, and, and data journalists. transfer. Journalists. Well, the journalists, right. Uh, but they're already paying their journalists, right, Mark? So, uh, well, but <laughs> they pay them to write the things that people are going to read. I mean, yeah. and they have an expectation as to how many articles they're going to get out of these people. They're paying them per article, essentially. $195 per year is still enough money to give readers pause and to drive them elsewhere. And similarly, 20 articles per month is lower than I would have expected at launch. And what yeah. he's referring to there is that they're going to allow uh, you to have 20 articles free. So you'll be able to read 20 articles for free in a month's time on the New York Times site. And if you hit that 20 article limit, they will then demand that you sign up for an account. And <laughs> then you start getting your news elsewhere. Rather than take full advantage of their ability to change the numbers over time, the New York Times seems to have decided they're going to launch at the kind of levels they want to see over the long term, which is a bit weird. Instead, the New York Times has sent out an email to its loyal readers that they'll get a special offer to save on our new digital subscriptions come March 28th. This seems upside down to me. It's the loyal readers who are most likely to pay premium rates for digital subscriptions, while everybody else is going to need a special offer to shibby them along. The paywall is anything but simple, with dozens of different variables for consumers to try to understand. Start with the price. The website is free, so long as you read fewer than 20 items per month. And so are the apps, so long as you confine yourself to the top news section. You can also read articles for free by going in through a side door, like following a link from Twitter or Facebook or Reuters.com should never be a problem, unless and until you try to navigate away from that item that was linked to. Beyond that, $15 per four-week period gives you access to the website and also its smartphone app, while $20 gives you access to the website and also its iPad app. But if you want to read the New York Times on both your smartphone and your iPad, you'll need to buy both digital subscriptions separately and pay an eye-popping $35 every four weeks. That's $455 a year. The message being Jeez. sent here is weird, that access to the website is worth nothing. Mathematically, if A plus B equals 15, A plus C equals 20, and A plus B plus C equals 35, then A equals zero. Meanwhile, at least where I live in New York, a print subscription, which gets you the newspaper only on Sundays, costs $19.60 every four weeks, and it comes with free access to the web and tablet versions of the newspaper, which creates the slightly odd proposition that if you want to use the New York Times iPad app, you're marginally better off subscribing to the print newspaper on Sundays and throwing it away unread than you are just subscribing to the app on its own. Hmm. The pricing structure is also a strong disincentive to use the iPad app at all. 
of course. If you're already paying $15 every four weeks to have full access to the website, why on earth would you pay extra just to be able to read the paper on its own dedicated app? This is the equivalent, Mark, of us... Crazy. This would be the equivalent of us creating a Free Talk Live app, which we don't have specifically. There's a Liberty Radio app, which is pretty cool. But creating our own Free Talk Live app so you can listen to our streams on your iPad and then charging people for it when they can just go tune in our stream with any one of the number of free stream tuning software out there that they can use. If you're not confused yet, we'll come back with more about the New York Times' brilliant plan uh, to add a paywall to their website. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231 if you've got a comment on the inevitable death of some of the old media, at least those who refuse to change their business model in a way that will actually be effective into the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Uh, The New York Times is attempting to do something, but uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to really work uh, pan out for them. We're going to give you some more details on their brilliant plan to institute a paywall on their website in the hopes that this will somehow rescue them from their uh, their failing. Sounds like a brilliant suicide plan. Yeah, their failing old business model of uh, printing papers up. We're going to continue that here in a moment. 800-259-9231. want to also invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where our business plan is a little bit different. We give you our product for free, and then we ask you to voluntarily support the show, which you are welcome to do. Well, uh, we give you uh, perks. We give you a premium. There's a premium membership that you can essentially get with the uh, with the amplifier program. True. There's a little bit of added value, but for the most part, it's you know something that you can do to show your appreciation in the same way that uh, some bands have figured out that they can do pretty well for themselves by cutting out the middleman, releasing their product directly online, and then allowing people to donate essentially whatever they feel it's worth. Uh, it's, it's working out for people. It's the, called the freemium model, and uh, the New York Times hasn't quite gotten that yet. But first, have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without lawyers who must know what it takes to win. As a matter of fact, I just filed a uh, motion that I learned how to do, at least in part, through Jurisdictionary.com. And for people with lawyers who have to know what their lawyers should be doing so they can keep an eye on them and minimize the legal fees and maximize winning. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy. The average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at jurisdictionary.com. I highly recommend it. If you're going, if if you want to take the government to court or any other anybody else uh, to court, you really just can't wander in there on your own and expect things to go well for you. Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Don't forget freetalklive.com is where you can go to see the Shrine of Female Listeners and more. The Shrine are the uh, dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. Go and see them. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Let's continue. Take your phone calls, and we'll continue with some of the details on this silly plan on the part of the New York Times uh, to add a paywall to their website. Let's talk first to Barry, listening to WNMT in northern Minnesota. Hello, Barry. 
Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Barry. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, you guys are talking about the New York Times and this uh, ridiculous notion that we're actually going to pay more for this than the website than we do for the paper. And I was just sitting here thinking, you know, the biggest websites in the world, the most successful websites in the world, which are also, by the way, some of the most successful companies in the world, uh, what do they do? They offer their website for free. Yep. Yeah. Google, they, Facebook. Way to yep. go. They make their money off advertising. And the most important distinction to make is they actually offer something that people want. Mm. Huge money, by the way. I mean, Google yeah. and Facebook, these are huge companies. People, people want the New York Times. I, I think that, I mean, it's the, one of the largest, it's certainly the largest, most uh, distri- distributed but, uh, paper in the nation. It is on the decline. Uh, as, 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 as they all are, but that's because people as are getting... As all are the old dinosaur mainstream media, because the underground media and other sources, like you, like you guys, by yeah. the way, yeah. who do a great job at this kind of thing, and, we are, and there's a lot more out there. I'm somebody trying to do this, too. It's because people don't have faith in these outlets anymore. They could come to your door and give you a counseling with a special New York Times advisor for $10 a month. We're not going to do it because we don't buy it anymore. Mm. People have had it. People have had it with being told everything is fine. Just go with this guy and he's going to fix it all. Yeah. We know the better now. The problem is that the bureaucrats really love these outlets. And so they're not going to let sure. them die that easily. Yeah, yes, they will. They, all these will be made public at some point. Or, I'm sorry. They'll, yeah, they'll all be made uh, NPR style. There's plans in the works. That's true. To take over large chunks of media. You guys are definitely onto this. I'm sure. That yeah, we heard about do- that. It's actually been a while since that story has kind of bubbled up, but it did kind of pop up. Uh, I think it was a year or so ago when certain if they try to do it in the next in the next year or so. It, the, I mean, America American citizens are going to freak out well, on yeah. their ass. Well, so, well so where certain newspaper companies, just to bring our listeners up to speed, were essentially going to their government people and saying, hey, we're having a tough we time. We bailout. How about you can help us out? It hasn't quite gotten to the mm-hmm. point of a bailout where the government yeah. would take partial ownership yeah. or full ownership, but they they have basically suggested that uh, they be allowed to run as 501c3s, nonprofit organizations, yeah. and, get, and get special favors, essentially, uh, from legislation. And guys, what comes with a government bailout, as we saw with banks and car companies? New rules. Sure, ownership, uh, strings. New, yeah. yeah, every time. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure, new we'll bail your, your yep. paper out, but you don't get to critique so-and-so. There's or no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. When will Americans get it? <laughs> Well, and already the papers are are lapdogs of the states. I mean, so really it's just a formality at this point. Yeah, it's just how are we going to reword this press release so it sounds like I wrote it, Mm -hmm. you know? Any other thoughts you want to share? Yeah, why why can't they just compete with the underground media who does, you know, pick them out on the internet? Mm -hmm. Well, but they they might have to is what we're seeing. If there's not a government bailout, yeah, we can take them to the ground here. And if they compete on an honest level... With the underground media, they'll lose because they have agendas that go beyond the average guy just trying to figure it out. And so that's really all I wanted to say. You guys are great and keep it up. Good thoughts, Barry. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 1-800-259-9231. You can join us uh, again uh, at freetalklive.com as we continue with Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Hello, Bill. Good evening, everyone. Hey. Um, I've got a slightly different take on this. I think this is a brilliant plan by the New York uh, the New York the Times. Uh, I guess really? Who's doing it. What's brilliant um, about it? Uh, it allows them to sue you into oblivion. <laughs> basically what it is. For what? Um, they, 
what what's happened is I don't know if you're familiar with the Wright Haven case, but Wright Haven was a uh, uh, bottom feeding uh, ambulance chasing uh, attorney group that was being uh, outsourced by uh, major media, and what they were doing was, or what uh, what what's come, what, uh, what has got leaked out was that uh, content, certain content was getting uh, posted on blogs. Uh, like uh, somebody on, in behest of the newspaper company online, XYZ company, goes in and scrapes a page from their website, goes over to Joe Blow's uh, blog, posts the uh, entire article on the comments section, and then here comes right even about two or three days later, ready to sue you for copyright infringement. And by you, wow. I'm the person who, run, run, who ran the blog. Yeah, but that's now, not going to get them very far. I mean, what are they going to get out of the average blogger, the $10 a month they're paying for web hosting? <laughs> yeah, but no, they'll just arbitrarily put $25,000 fine for each, each infringed article. They're going to pay a fine. lot more for their lawyers than they are for whatever they're going to get squeezed out what of the stones. What about yeah, other what, news organizations uh, that uh, you know use their content in, in reporting? Well, I don't know. That's, I mean, that, that's just it. Uh, other news organizations pay a content fee to, like, say, AP or Warriors. Um, they license that, that content out. Now, the reason for the paywall, ironically, is when Wright Haven uh, was trying to take this blogger to court, the judge ruled, look, you've got your, your, your content out there in the form of a tweet link uh, through Facebook link and all this different stuff. You can't go around and put that content out there for free and not expect somebody to, to uh, absorb that So content. now they're going to have it behind a paywall, and they'll say, all right, well, now we can go after you. Interesting speculation, what and I thank you for the call. What if it's one of your 20 free articles? <laughs> yeah, good, good point. question. 800-259-9231. More about uh, the old media's death throes in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free, features including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you, W-I-K-I wiki. Dot freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. What you imagine opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief, the criminal who wasn't content to steal your bank accounts and use your credit cards. This guy knows where you live and he's staking, st- uh, staking your house out and watching your family. That's what Fox News reported on about one woman. Fortunately, she had advanced warning from LifeLock. She said without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known the thieves were coming and added LifeLock services are legit. They do what they say they'll do and it's worth it. If you don't want to suffer personal and financial firestorm that identity theft brings, protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft protection that I use. LifeLock. It's the best, and it's guaranteed. 
So join me on my mission that not one of you will fall victim to identity theft this year. I need you to call now. I was able to get you a 60-day bonus of LifeLock protection. Do it today. Do it for your family. You don't want to have to deal with the troubles that identity theft brings. It's not just guys coming to your door, although that would be terrible, uh, but just the trouble with uh, your credit cards and, and stuff being loans being taken out of your name and, and how it destroys your credit. Call 800-242-2693. It's 800-242-2693. And make sure you call that number if you want to Free Talk Live to get credit for your call. Don't go through their website to sign up. Call that number. 800-242-2693. All right. So uh, we continue here. Coronel, uh, I guess, uh, taking a look at the uh, the death throes of the old media and uh, getting getting the details out here on this new paywall program that the New York Times is instituting. And I'm sure there are a number of other newspapers that are eyeballing this and watching to see what happens. I'm sure all of them are very excited to write this article. Well, uh, Reuters is actually where this report is coming from. And their uh, columnist here, Felix Salmon, is tearing the New York Times a new one over this, uh, pointing out that it's confusing, that there are all kinds of different pricing points and options, and that uh, it's just going to be bewildering for customers, uh, many customers, to try to figure out uh, exactly what to, uh, what to do here. And as he points out, some of it just is completely nonsensical. For instance, why, he says, would you want to pay $15 every four weeks for their regular uh, subscription on their website, which gives you full access to their, their website, and then on top of that, pay more to have access to an app on your iPhone? Yeah. When the app is crippled compared to what the website has, he uh, points out that I, for one, prefer the experience of reading the New York Times on my uh, on my webs uh, web browser on my iPad rather than reading an iPad app which has no search, no links, no archives, no social recommendations, etc. Uh, so why would you want to pay for extra for that? He says if the New York Times wanted to kill any incentive to read and develop its iPad app, it's about it's going about it the right way. Well, what does all this mean for the New York Times company? I can't see how it's good. The paywall is certainly being set high enough that a lot of regular readers will not subscribe. These are readers who would normally link to the New York Times from their blogs. They would tweet New York Times articles, those who would post articles on Facebook, and so on. As a result, not only will traffic from these readers decline, but so will all their referral traffic, too. The New York Times makes more than $300 million a year in digital ad revenue. Pay attention to that. That comes back to what I was saying before, Mark, about something viable as far as how do you pay these journalists? Well, the New York Times is making $300 million a year just from online ad revenue. Could you run a newspaper and pay some journalists for $300 million per year? Not the newspaper, but an online uh, publication. Could you do that? I think you could. Yeah. Quite easily. How many journalists could you hire for $300 million a year? Yeah. Get your IT department and some journalists, and you've got yourself a, news, a newspaper <laughs> I really want to see what happens with the Christian Science Monitor. I mean in a longer term mm-hmm. than what we're they, dealing with. they quit printing, and they went online only. They went online only. This was one of the most prestigious newspapers in the world. I mean, you can say what you want about it. Um, you know, it's the great a, reporting. I yeah, mean. It, it absolutely is. Um, and I don't know what it has to do with Christian Science. Got no idea. But um, this they, they recently, was in the past year or so, maybe it was a little over a year, decided they weren't going to print any more uh, newspapers and they were going to go all online That's and right. i yeah i just not a lot of people reading the newspaper with uh, breakfast anymore i yeah. can tell you some are though i pick it up to make collages 
Yeah. <laughs> or paper mache. There was an Onion article about <laughs> recently, theonion.com, uh, about how you know newspaper subscribers are now basically just the ransom note makers. Yeah. Uh, that- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they need to <laughs> they need to charge uh, people that want to read the pulp form of the newspaper for the pulp form of the newspaper. Um, it needs to because they're being subsidized by ads right now, right? Right, and mm-hmm. that's what it, the the ads. It needs to be in a format where they're separate. The there needs to be a wall between the two. The online needs to pay for the online. The offline needs to pay for the offline, and then you can see how these models work when you mix the two then there's a problem so the new york times makes more than 300 million a year in digital ad revenue so even a modest decline in page views relative to what the site could have generated without the paywall can mean many millions of dollars foregone on top of that the paywall itself costs them somewhere over 40 million dollars to develop Mm. well i thought i poured too much money into the amp automation system (laughs) which has been plaguing me for the last five years but uh, 40 million dollars and wait, just keep that figure in mind because we're going to come back to the paywall and the technical aspect of this $40 million system that they've created. You oh won't believe gosh. what they've done. Uh, against all that, how much revenue will the paywall actually bring in? A very large number of the paper's most loyal readers are already print subscribers and get access to the website at no extra cost. So the new revenues from the paywall will only come from people who read the website a lot, but who don't subscribe in print. Because remember, you still get the free 20 stories uh, yeah. per month. So how many of those people are there? Well, Emery, Emily Bell reckons that the number of people who even hit the paywall in the first place is only about 5% of the New York Times 33 million or so unique visitors. That's 1.6 million people. Compare the 1.3 million people who already subscribe to the paper on Sundays. The former is not a perfect superset of the latter, of course, but there's a big overlap. So let's just say realistically that the New York Times is going after a universe of no more than 800,000 people that it's going to ask to subscribe. And let's be generous and say that 15% of them do so. The New York Times is hoping that 1% to 10% of their subscribers, their total subscribers, will do it. Um, so paying an average of 200 per year apiece, that's extra revenues of $24 million per year for the New York Times. $24 million is a minuscule amount for the New York Times company as a whole. It's dwarfed not only by total revenues, but even by those, digital, uh, those total digital advertising revenues of more than $300 million a year. This is what counts as a major strategic move within the New York Times? Yeah. I, I, the, the, this guy obviously knows his stuff. He's done the math, and he's making them look really silly. As Ken Doctor notes, the Times Select fiasco, which is unceremoniously killed in 2007 to no one's regret, was bringing in a good $10 million per year. The new paywall is much more elaborate and expensive and is being introduced into a website which is currently something of a cash cow in regards to ad revenues. So, by my back-of-the-envelope math, the paywall won't even cover its own development costs for a good two years, and beyond that will never generate enough money to really make a difference to the New York Times company revenues. Maybe that might change if the New York Times breaks its promise to offer full website access for free to all of its print subscribers. But that decision would be fraught in all manner of other ways. For the time being, though, I just can't see how this move makes any kind of financial sense for the New York Times. The upside is limited, and the downside is that it ceases to be the paper of record for the world. Who would take that bet? 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, if you thought that was good, here's news from TechDirt. Now, we told you $40 million is what the New York Times paid for this paywall. 
should be pretty good for that kind of money, right? Yeah. Forty mm-hmm. million dollars. They must have had a team of experts working on this thing. I would imagine clock. bugged me not. He probably is, uh, has already <laughs> yeah. figured out how to get past it. Well, we'll tell you in a moment here how to get past the paywall at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, certainly your comments on the death of old media. Welcome. Not You don't have to just focus on the New York Times. They're just one of the more visible people, uh, organizations that is having trouble in this new uh, century. More coming up. You take control this is free talk live MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can dial in toll free bring up whatever's on your mind we're talking about the death of old media right now 800-259-9231 but you don't have to stay on topic it's up to you you decide over at uh, freetalklive.com is where you can get interactive with us. You can also dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. On our website, you'll find a lot of archives going all the way back to uh, late 2006. All of it is free. The archives are right there at the top of the page. So click and download. Take as many as you want. And don't worry about it. You don't have to pay for anything because HostGator is covering your costs. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They have more than 4,500 templates, and their site builder tools make it easy. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. If you do, you'll get a 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support, and if you use the portal that we've created for you, hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll also get your first month completely free. It, again, it's hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue here. Uh, we will, of course, take your calls about anything. We're talking about the New York Times and its plan to institute a paywall. It's starting up uh, pretty much immediately for Canada, and then they're going to do it worldwide on uh, March 28th where essentially uh, the, the plan is that you'll be able to read 20 articles, or presumably your IP address will be able to read 20 articles uh, per month. And if you hit that limit, you'll also be able to link in from other places and read those for free. So if you get a link from Twitter, you'll be able to read, I think, five of those for free. Yeah, I would just like say that. get a couple of friends together and everybody read 20 different articles, copy-paste everything, and <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you that, got the news. Well, that would be presuming you think their reporting is really valuable, yeah. and that you really want it that it's bad. It's the New York Times, and it is valuable, and people want it Yeah, that just bad. have fun making an alternative free New York Times. But so. <laughs> what they are doing is they're opening the door for a uh, newspaper whose reporting is nearly as valuable or just as good to step in and take their uh, take a piece of their pie. Take the trophy. Yeah, and somebody I think that's willing silly. to do it for free, and... 
And so the LA uh, Times is going to probably let you on their site for free. Um, the the mm-hmm. London it was, was it London Times, the Guardian, Daily Daily, Daily Mail, Daily whatever Mail it is, are both London. Yeah, uh, but, you know they could very well do this. Der Spiegel, there's another one. There's all kinds of newspapers out there that would love to have a little bit of a uh, little bit more of New York Times's pie. And yeah, just, they'd love to have those yeah. extra web you know visits coming in and increase their advertising rates yep. or get more uh, cost per million or whatever cost per mill. I guess it is that's thousand for whatever. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Anyway, so uh, TechDirt.com report. Uh, they're giving you the rundown of how this works. 20 articles per month you get free. And then once you cross that threshold, they'll demand that you sign up for an account at $15 for every four weeks. So about 200 bucks a year is what they're asking. Unless you want to get their iPhone app, then you get to pay more. Uh, why you would do that, I'm still, you know, nobody's really <laughs> quite clear. No sense. Uh, so it's a very confusing system. But they spent $40 million on developing this system. I, I, I want to point out that uh, they'll probably get some people using the iPhone app and paying more. But that's because some people aren't as web tech savvy yeah, as other people are. Yeah, my mom sounds like somebody who would do that. She'd think it was really cool and convenient. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen is when you go see your mom and you say, Mom, this is nuts. Why are you paying this extra money? Right. And then you load up the uh, the competing thing. This is this happens, okay? Oh, you don't know my mom. <laughs> well, when, in, in a lot of cases, this will happen with a lot of people. You'll you'll up the their child or whomever will show them the light. They'll mm-hmm. be able to get it for free. They'll save $10 a month or whatever it is. And then they're mad at the New York Times. Then they create point. they they yeah. create animosity within their uh, their loyal client base a client base that's loyal enough to get their app and pay money for it on a on a monthly basis you do not want to do that so let's talk tech what about this forty million dollar system that the New York Times spent fourteen months developing and again forty million dollars investing in I mean it should be pretty good it should be pretty bulletproof for forty million dollars well turns out four lines of code takes it out <laughs> here is the story from TechDirt.com. As we continue to explore the New York Times' bizarrely pointless paywall, it comes as no surprise that the wall itself is barely any wall at all. It's not even a fence. It's basically a bunch of fence posts and someone screaming, Pay no attention to your own eyes, there is a fence here, and you should go around the front and pay at the entrance. Unless someone sent you here, then walk on through. That, of course, is bizarre, and it means most people will never actually see any fence at all. But it gets even more bizarre when you discover that the paywall itself has apparently been written in JavaScript, meaning that when you do hit the wall, the full article that you want to read actually loads in the HTML, meaning your web browser receives the article. It's just being blocked by some script that's asking you to pay up. That means it's even easier to remove than many had predicted. No need to even delete any cookies or any such nonsense. In fact, the link uh, that they give you at techtech.com points people to NYT Clean, a four-line JavaScript bookmarklet. Like, we've got a bookmarklet on our website, which is pretty cool. It makes it so it's easy to submit uh, things to freetalklive.com. It's something that one of our tech gurus wrote up for us and did a great job. Uh, So somebody wrote up a uh, bookmarklet in JavaScript. Four lines long that makes it easy to remove the paywall with literally the click of a button should you actually encounter it, meaning should you go over the 20 uh, article link. Now, when I read that, my first thought was that it certainly sounds like a circumvention device under the DMCA. That's the Copyright Act that the federal government put into place a few years ago. The author is Canadian, so he may be protected for now, since Canada thankfully doesn't yet have an anti-circumvention clause that makes any such circumvention tool illegal, though the Canadian government is still apparently considering a law that would add such a clause. Of course, to anyone who understands what's going on, that's ridiculous. Four simple lines of code to remove a JavaScript pop-up should not be considered a tool for infringement 
but it is. Of course, that got me wondering. I tend to use the always excellent NoScript extension when browsing, which turns off JavaScript, except on a few key sites where I specify it should be enabled. If the stories about the New York Times paywall being done in JavaScript are true, then I'll simply never run into it at all, no matter what I do. Hmm. So here's the question. Have I broken the law by using NoScript? I've used it for years, and it seems pretty ridiculous to claim that now I need to specifically go and whitelist the New York Times website just because they want me uh, want excuse me just because it wants to hit me with an incredibly porous paywall. But technically, I could see how an argument could be made that merely using NoScript makes me a DMCA violator by circumventing technical protection measures. Does this also mean that NoScript, an incredibly useful tool, has suddenly become a circumvention device overnight because the the New York Times programmed an incredibly stupid paywall in JavaScript. You following all this, Mark? Uh, I, I think I'm. I think I'm there. So, NoScript is a is a uh, plugin it's, it, for it's a browser. Plug, yeah, mm-hmm. for your browser that and prevents it, it, JavaScript it from running. J- JavaScript, yeah. And uh, so he's saying he's been, that, he's been operating like this for years. Right now, he's, and he would never have noticed how uh, the New York Times actually had this paywall if it hadn't have been news. Right. So therefore, Which, um, somehow he's going to be maybe held. He's a as, criminal. Yeah, he, he's a criminal Without for doing what he's been doing all along. Yeah, and uh, I mean, working with a lot of people who have worked with computers, like setting up computers for their grandparents or their parents, they, you know, go through and they set up all that stuff on there automatically mm-hmm. for them so they don't have to deal with the pop-ups and all that stuff because, you know, grandparents especially, you only teach them how to email really or check certain things because it's just beyond them. So you don't want pop-ups coming up. So they're going to be violating the law if they yep. go there. That's the idea. And nobody knows. The what pop-ups is- are, are, you know, terrible for these folks because, for, for older folks, because... You know, sometimes they'll say things like, your computer's at risk. Oh, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It'll be flashing lights, put them in not a seizure. Want, yeah, you do not <laughs> want them to have that. To be fair to older folks, I think you guys are unfairly generalizing. Many generalizing. Of them are My older folks. Right. There are some of them that are obviously very in the dark and, uh, you know, close to Luddites. Some, and they, some younger folks are, too. Many, many older people are huge fans of the Internet. Yeah. And yeah. this is a, you know, much more fun way for yeah. them to spend their retirement than sitting and watching television. But the so. older folks that are uh, familiar with the internet and heard what i said feel good about the fact that they know that most of their peers are having these kind of trouble yeah they feel b- b- superior and when i generalize i can generalize for all the old people in my family nobody fair knows. enough <laughs> what this really should highlight according to tech dirt is the massive problem with automatically outlawing all circumvention and circumvention devices it leads to particularly dumb situations like this when a clueless newspaper puts an amazingly poorly thought out paywall up in a manner that makes very little sense so uh, $40 million. They spent $40 million to develop this paywall. And, and this guy defeated, was circumventing it without knowing it. Yeah, it's been defeated by four lines of code. Anyone running anything that kills JavaScript will not even have known that the paywall existed in the first place. Yeah, I think they, mine automatically came with that loaded in. Can't yeah. JavaScript crash, too? Have I? Uh, sure. If, yeah. So if JavaScript crashed on your browser and you didn't reboot it or the browser or whatever, then you'd be able to see the New York Times. Maybe. I think. I can't say I know exactly how the JavaScript loads within browsers and the environment that uh, that it operates in, Plus, but it's in, theoretically like, possible. Larger companies where they have like IT people to work on all the computers because people just use them for basic things, they usually put up firewalls or uh, Java blockers or whatever mm. so that people aren't burdened with that. We come back with more here in moments. Uh, your calls, of course, we will take them about absolutely anything. Meg, you're going to tell us about something coming up, uh, which is the entry fee. Mm-hmm. 
for the United States. Has it been proposed or is it actually happening? We'll uh, find out here in yeah. moments. Uh, hour number three is next. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's the shirt you wear most and essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more, but we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today, and you'll also receive free monogramming and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features for free, so head over there and enjoy them on us. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right, so uh, we're going to take your phone calls, and then Meg is going to tell us about the new entry fee that you'll get to pay if you want to come here, maybe. Uh, We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, But first, Ned is on the line. Captain Ned calling from Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ned. Yes, uh, lady and gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? Super. What's on your mind, Ned? Great. Man, I called Saturday night. But in keeping with the uh, ongoing actions of the citizens of the several states united of Wisconsin and Indiana in regards to the Republican anti-union actions, please allow me to read a quote by Benjamin Franklin, if you would. Sure, sure. Uh, Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Your thoughts? No, I I, I tend to agree. I mean, democracy sucks. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we are a republic here in the United States. I don't know what you mean by our, saying we are a republic. I'm not a republic. Are you? The United States of America is a republic. When you vote for president... I don't do that. The popular, the popular oh. vote does not elect the president. This so since I don't vote for president... College. If so, I don't vote for president, does it, that make Ian, me a republic? A uh, stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the, the, a republic... Um, the, the terminology... How many republics are there and how are they defined? I guess the People's really Republic of Korea. Stop it. Uh, and, you just asked a question. No, I, I'm, I'm going to. Uh, I'm, I'm going on. I'm expounding with this one. Please do. Please there do. is the, the the terminology you're using to define a republic isn't a good definition for a republic because there isn't a good definition for a republic. Republicans will generally say this: the United States is a republic, and you know that's what it says in the founding documents. However, there's really nothing that differentiates a republic from a democracy um, in sort of reality. Do you know what I mean? There's well, the I really, I really don't. But I mean, uh, it's interesting. Your observation is interesting. China's a republic. Yeah, People's republic. It says of it's China. a republic, right? 
Well, by name only. Okay, but that's dictatorship. Name the other republic that has uh, that has a, a, a electoral college. I think that's what you used as the definition. Some people would say that it's a democracy with rights or something like that. But name it. I mean, it, there isn't another one that's like that. So therefore, well, we're very we're very unique by the founding fathers' uh, intentions. <laughs> but but the Senate um, in Rome, I mean, the Rome was a republic, but um, and and therefore that would give sort of argumentum ad antiquum. It would give Rome the precedent as having set what a republic was, and it doesn't fit this definition that you're referring okay, to. But, all right, we'll let that argument in antiquum go on in antiquum, and okay. uh, we'll just let that hang out there. And I've got one more for you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Okay, and this, uh, this, uh, this applies to Obama's recent actions here in Libya. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, Article 2, Section 2 of the United States Constitution, Clause 1, which is Paragraph 1, Okay, let me, allow me to read it word for word. The president shall be commander-in-chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states when called in the actual service of the United States. Okay? He's using the Army of the United States, which, interestingly enough, in 1948, the name of the Army was changed from the Army of the United States to the United States Army. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It, very interesting. Why well, do you I'll think that you, is? Well, I'll, why, what, what, why do I think that is? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, if you allow me to go on, it's because the United States of America, okay, a U.S. citizen, okay, which if you're, if you're born, uh, let me let me go to Article, Article One, or Article Two, Section One of the of the Constitution, okay, and this is the sixty-two words which, which defines your ability to run for president of the U.S. Would you let me read it? Uh, go ahead. I, I don't know. Well, Are you going to tell me that born in Nigeria? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. very interesting. No person except a natural-born citizen uh-huh. or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of the Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who has not attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. Okay, so what this means is... A U.S. citizen is not the same as a natural-born citizen who is a citizen of several states. So right. the United States, the United States Army, in changing their name from the Army to the United States of the United States to the United States Army in 1948, they could only draft their own citizens, which are U.S. citizens. Okay. I'm a little confused. Are you guys following this? I, I think yeah. so. I think he's going to go with now we're taking uh, foreign citizens. But uh, I'm, well, no, no. The people, the people sworn in at the stadium from Nigeria or Biafra or Laos or Vietnam, those are U.S. citizens. A natural-born citizen is a citizen of several states. Okay. Okay. There's two. So Obama would not, if if he is indeed the first United States U.S. citizen to be president, which I may, I believe he may be. He doesn't need a birth certificate because, by definition, he can't have one. He wasn't born here. Well, he's got that uh, certificate of live birth, right, uh, that they showed you? Well, I don't know what he's got, but I'm just saying he may be the first citizen of the United States, which the Constitution ratified in 1787 allowed for. You can be born in China and be president It's all very interesting, but what's the relevance? Well, the relevance, I'm going to let you discuss it. It's, it's that. Well, I'm going to tell you that there's no such thing as a citizen. 
Well, there's nothing to discuss as far as I'm concerned. You're just talking about you're bickering over, you know, political uh, details. Yeah, just wording semantics and whatnot. Well, well, semantics are the Constitution. You can say it's a living document. The semantics. I didn't say anything about it. It's a document I didn't sign. I can tell you that. A piece of paper with words on it. Sir, I did not sign the Constitution. So I don't. Words on it. That's that's very interesting. I'd like to talk about that. (laughs) It's blasphemy. Well, it it is just a piece of paper with words. I'll let you guys talk about it. I'll call you back. Okay, Captain Ned. You have a nice night. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I understand. Look, I used to believe the whole Constitution thing. Oh, yeah, I used I to be too. in that club. <laughs> it used to uh, be the. It used to be just darn close to the Holy Bible and the Constitution <laughs> and the United States Marine Corps Code of Ethics. Well, it was signed by gods. Of course, it's yeah, the Holy Bible. And when Bible. you read it, it looks like, oh yeah, this makes sense. This is what we want. Mm-hmm. But. You know, like just over time, what one, what I, what I'm left with is that either the Constitution, the, as Lysander Spooner said, and you can go look it up if you'd like to find out who he is. No uh, treason. Look up no treason. Um, you know that, that the, either the United States Constitution authorized all of this stuff that's going on, including Barack Obama's presidency, even if he wasn't born here, and I don't know, and don't care very much, or it was powerless. To defend against it. And then the, the rebuttal is, but it's our responsibility as American citizens to, to defend the Constitution. How did these guys signing this document in 1789 mm. create upon me an obligation to defend it? You were born here. But how did that happen? You were born here. Social contract. I, uh, I understand that, but those guys, uh, those guys uh, slaughtered their way to victory, and that, I don't think that that's society a, we live in. It's yeah. a, an obligation uh, upon me. That's those are the rules. That's they the society we live in. That I was free. You okay? are. You are free. According to, to the their I'm free to be right. obligated. <laughs> I'm free to be obligated to defend the Constitution. You're free, you're free to leave. Right. And, and that's it. Yeah. You can go. Be somewhere else. Yeah, be someplace. Then... Go go to Antarctica. You can be free there where nobody else is. And I guess the rest of uh, the people that want to stay here. The, hey, if you don't ocean. like it, you can vote them out. Right. <laughs> if, if, if you don't like it, you can leave. Suggest that the United States government somehow owns all this land. And if it owns all that land, that means that it came about it in a, uh, a fair uh, way. It was uh, right and just the manner that they procured all this land. And you can go ask yourself some Indians whether or not it was fair and just. Well, that's our system. Yeah, our system is killing people and taking their land, and then telling them how they have to live because we wrote we don't some do stuff that on anymore. paper. We don't do that anymore. Well, yeah, that now, was then, now this that is we now. have the land, mm-hmm. you don't have to, right? If you if you were to take over Mexico, you'd be obligated because uh, the 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 country's become so corrupt, you'd be obligated to pay welfare and stuff to people that uh, down in Mexico too. So no longer uh, is, is the message of liberty be, being spread. So I I don't know. To me, this is just you know this it's, whole it's this a whole idea that the uh, yeah that's what it, it is. is. If and, and if you have to ask yourself this, if when I was in school, they in a Christian school, they told me that you could have a religion based around anything. The love of money was a religion in and of itself. If there was a religion called the love of America, what would it look like? What would the Ooh. what would people act like if they were America worshippers? Maybe they would they'd put their hand little, over their heart. They'd say a little prayer to the yeah. uh, the the icon of the flag, the flag. every morning. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. You take control. Free talk live. This your family today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Morsels, helping you create special moments and memories your family will cherish forever. Visit us at tollhouse.com. 
You may bake for birthdays and holidays, but why stop there? Sweeten up the rest of the year by designating monthly dessert days. Treat your family to one of their favorites or surprise them with something new. Either way, you'll create a tradition everyone will love. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include... Uh, things like our listening options, uh, news updates, and more. If you want to help promote the show, though, there's uh, options for you there at promote.freetalklive.com. You can get a whole list of things that you can do to get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world. Most of them are free or very low cost, like printing out flyers or business cards, using uh, web graphics for your website to promote the show. Go get the details at promote.freetalklive.com. We appreciate it. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all kinds of journalism and public policy. Um, graduates have gone on to uh, ABC's 2020, the Financial Times, Cato Institute, Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, and many more. They'll take care of uh, a stipend. They'll give you money, uh, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. You can visit libertarianinternships.com for more information there to sign up and receive updates and reminders. This is an incredible opportunity for a, a person in college to you know, add, add something great to your resume and make um, employers want you that much more. It doesn't matter whether you uh, – what career you're going to go on and um, into if you've got ABC's 2020 on your, uh, um, uh, your your resume. It makes you look a lot better than the next guy. LibertarianInternships.com. All right. So we're going to continue taking your phone calls about what you want. And then if we get a chance, we'll tell you about the entry fee uh, for the United States. It's uh, been proposed. Let's first talk to Joshua listening in West Virginia to WVTS in Charleston. Hello, Joshua. Hello. Hey. How are you? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I don't want to necessarily pick on you all, but uh, I was a little bit disturbed about what you guys said about the Constitution. I was wondering, are you kidding? Well, well, no. What do you mean? You I mean hold on. Wait, specifically, what are you asking about? Well, the comments, I didn't know if they were made in jest or not about it just being words on paper. It's just uh, words on paper. Well, it's it words on paper written by uh, men who are now dead uh, as well. I mean, there, there's no way that those words could bind me. In fact, the Constitution, I used to be a constitutional guy, so follow me here for just a moment. Uh, I used to be somebody who, you know, I read a book, you know, about the Constitution. I studied it to some extent and was well aware of a lot of what, it's, uh, what it meant, and I, I thought that it meant a lot to me. And what it means to me now is that uh, it was a good intended document. They really, I think, tried to bind down the government with the so-called chains of the Constitution. But I think we can see where that has gotten us. Uh, it hasn't really worked out, has it? As Lysander Spooner put it, it has either, uh, it has either uh, you know, done exactly as it is in, was intended to do or has been completely uh, powerless to prevent the, the tyranny that has happened. Beyond that, it was a set of rules for the government to follow. The Constitution is nothing that individuals agreed to. You know, most people did not agree to it. It was only agreed to by the men who signed it. 
they wanted to create this government. They set down these rules in place, and the government has broken its own rules and continues uh, to do so. None of us are bound by the Constitution. We didn't agree to it. Unless you've sworn an oath to it, in which case then you have. But uh, I have not done that. And have you, Meg, Mark? No. Nope. You guys done that? No. Okay. So uh, so I like the ideas of individual liberty and personal freedom, but uh, the Constitution doesn't exactly enshrine those because it creates a government which uh, you know exists to control people. Oh, I agree that the government has most certainly uh, overstepped its bounds. And it is no longer a reflection of what the Constitution actually if you agree with that, then at what point do you believe that that became true? Well, there are milestones for the de- decadence of our nation, if you will. Um, just, for instance, the establishment of the Federal Reserve, which okay. automatically yeah. screwed our country. 1913 because, was a terrible year, mm-hmm. along with uh, the IRS in the same year, right? Oh, well, of course. Yeah. And that was done... So that blessed Constitution allowed for all that? Not necessarily. As a matter of fact, it was done in secrecy. They tricked us. Um, (laughs) But it's still here, so nobody really cares about the Constitution, do they? If the Constitution was this ever-vigilant pit bull, wouldn't it have been able to stop it? Well, you got a lot of idiots in politics. I mean, how many people have actually read philosophy? How many people understand the... Well, how many will? I mean, right? Where are we going? Doesn't doesn't the Constitution? Well, the Department of Education, for instance, is another government-created institution. I mean, nothing necessarily that the government has done recently is good. And the thing about it is, the Constitution was meant to stab that off. But it didn't. Didn't work out. I I think it slowed the process. And if you look at Switzerland, which used essentially the United States Constitution with a few uh, twists to it, you can see that they're only they're only about 150 years into theirs and that they're they don't have quite the growth of of government um, that the United States does. But wait a minute. What about New Zealand, where they don't even have a constitution and they rank higher on the economic freedom index? That much is true. But don't you think that the, the United States Constitution created a system? where idiots, as you called them, are able to get into power and tell the rest of us how we have to live our lives, what things we have to purchase, how we have to behave, and all kinds of, all manner of other stuff. Well, I think that the amendment process, that perhaps it wasn't uh, intended to be used the way it has been, and so it's allowed for these... Isn't that blasphemy, though? I mean, isn't that blasphemy to say that the Constitution has been, uh, that that the Constitution used as it was written is in fact flawed? Well, perhaps it is, but okay, that's it's flawed. Not to say that it's not a, a better than what we're going through right now. What I'm basically I don't know. getting at is this: it's being usurped. Uh, for instance, you can find a story right now of Obama using the Department of Justice to try and circumvent gun law. Um, you got people that aren't even the president issuing military attacks. I mean, it's just, it's insanity. This is not what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's not what Uh, it's supposed to be. So you can look at it and say, you know, like, even though the Constitution may have been a good idea, it didn't work out. It's just the reality of the situation. That's all we're saying. You can't hope and pray that, you know, we should go back to this ideal time. It's it's not coming back. It doesn't work. Nothing is going to happen. We voted for Republicans. We voted for Democrats. We voted for Republicans again. It ain't going back. It's over. The Republicans want a big, intrusive government. The Democrats want a big, intrusive government. If you think that you're going to wrest out of the jaws of the ravenous beast of government, the, the Department of Education 
education so that our kids can finally be educated into the truth about the Constitution and freedom and the American way, you are living a pipe dream, not us. Well, might I have another comment? Sure, right ahead. Well, basically what I'm getting at is you are – the reason this is happening, though, is because the populace itself – no longer values the same things that the creators of the Constitution valued. So if you – to make comments like this that we're making now, it's almost – it's comparing apples and oranges because those people then understood what was important. How do you know that? They didn't. Yeah. Uh, during the Revolutionary War, there were people that supported the king. I mean, so those people had differing opinions. Alexander Hamilton wanted a large federal government, and he had a huge effect in the Constitution. The Constitution is the is the second draft. It's the America being betrayed. The Articles of Confederation left these things to the state. Not to mention George Washington going out and crushing two rebellions after he led one. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate the thoughts, Joshua. At 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves, much more likely the U.S. government's going to crash and burn before you ever get back to any kind of constitutional. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free if you'd like. Take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. As we continue here, of course, we will take your phone calls about anything. In addition, we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Maybe you've got a smartphone, you want to access uh, our mobile site for quick Links to our streams and podcasts go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI has a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. All right, so we're going to continue taking your phone calls. Mike is listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hello, Mike. Hi. Mike, what's on your mind tonight? What I really love about your show is um, the way that you kind of put your finger on hypocrisy. Um, I, I don't know that if you've looked at your work that way, but I really enjoy that about the show. Thank you. So i got to pass along two of my favorite hypocrisies that everybody seems to just wave at as it goes by. I understand I'm not supposed to call Indians Indians anymore because that's offensive to them because they're not from India. They want to be called Native Americans. I'm a Native American, America, too. I, I was born here. Doesn't, doesn't the word American come from an Italian explorer? I thought he was just a map maker. 
That's a good, great so point, though, by the way. And, and uh, by the way, I would also hesitate to say that they want anything. Again, there we are putting people into groups, the idea yeah. that all Amer- all Indians have come to agreement that we will now be called Native Americans. I find the term Native American to be offensive. Um, and what it suggests it is, is yeah. that somehow like I'm not Native. little person. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm not going to call somebody a little person. <laughs> Native okay, means I was born here. And that's all that means. Okay, here's my second I understand that the white man came here and took the land from the person who was here first. Here's the great question that no one seems to answer. The people who were here first, and I'm going to call them Native Americans because I don't have a better name right now, they were warring groups, one against the other, for ages. And they would take land from one another, and they would take women from one another, and they would take children from one another. And so if we wanted to pay them for state i live in who do i pay it's tough it's a tough issue and uh, you, the things that you say are largely true there were more peaceful uh tribes if you want to use that term some people don't like the term tribe and how about I'm, engines yeah um, you, you, <laughs> uh, there were more peaceful and less peaceful ones let's just and find the most offensive it, phrase it, it is it's a real problem one of the things that the indians really wanted from white people were guns so they could go after the, the competing tribes and i'm talking mostly about east coast tribes here at this point by the time they were working to the uh the plain states and the uh the, the, the west coast the Indians really didn't like white people at all at that point. They, they'd pretty much figured out the trick. But those East Coast tribes really did want those guns, and they were willing to, to put up with white people for a while in order to be able to get them. So here's the hypocrisy. The Native Americans aren't dissatisfied with the system that was used to see who would own the land. They're just pissed off that they got beat. Yeah, they, they, they certainly don't like the results. They, they don't, and they say, well, you guys took our land. Hey, you sold it to us for the beads. Or, it wasn't our fault you didn't know that the beads were useless and cheap. So now here comes the great one. So now we pay them again with dollar bills. And well, it's not, it's, not a we, the, it's, it's not a we okay. situation, okay? Because we were just talking about white guys that existed in the past, and then you switched <laughs> it over to we. I ain't well, no white guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just They're handing me the bill right now. I, I don't know. Well, they're, the they're, living, they're living on the reservations, and um, because basically they have to. If they were, the John Stossel actually did a report where um, you know some Indians decided that they were just going to throw off the cloak of the government and see if they could make it on their own. And in fact, they thrived. It's it's just it's welfare, and welfare always creates people that are dependent upon it. Right. It's not them that are doing it to you. It's the government and their okay. coercive system that is doing it to you. It'll always set it up in a way that it'll make people war against each other, though. Mm -hmm. They're going to somebody is going to hand me the bill and say we need to pay these people, and then fifty years from now, after the collapse of the American government and the dollar bill is worthless, then somebody's going to come to me again and say, you know, you paid us with worthless pieces of paper, and now we want to be paid again. Well, why do you keep paying? I guess that would be my question. Because, again, uh, the people that are demanding money from you are not the Indians, and they're not the welfare queens. They are 
the government agents and they're demanding money for all kinds of reasons and excuses and and programs and you know whether it's paying for reservations uh welfare whether it's war which is also kind of another form of corporate welfare whatever the government program is it's them they are the ones that are doing it not the indians and uh, we certainly didn't take uh we didn't i didn't sell beads to the indians and i didn't take their land from them and the, the, yeah. the indians that are alive today did not have their land taken from them either um, so none of those statements are, are really very accurate right now. And it isn't that great hypocrisy, though, because that's what we're being told. It's a mess, and it's it's all about groupthink. Yeah. I am this, I am that. It's what also I've decided, guilt. Yeah, mm. I've decided that I'm going to a shoe race. I don't have one anymore. I happen to you know know that I'm a, of somewhat mixed heritage anyway, and I'll just go ahead and say I don't have one in general. And therefore, they can't pile upon me the debt of the white man, and they can't uh, they, they can't uh, you know shove the the things that happen you know all the uh, all the um, you know awful bad feelings that Indians might have. They, they can't force me to feel that either. I'm just, I'm just going to choose not to. Yeah, at this point, most of the population has reached a melting pot point, if you will, that half of their family probably owes the other half some reparations, so the now generation is fine. They've right. paid it all off. Yeah, you can't figure it out anyway. <laughs> so uh, the best thing we can do is to stop paying the criminal gang and move forward into a situation of liberty in our lifetime, liberty for everybody that wants it, and for anybody that wants to be controlled, there are plenty of people around who'd be happy to tell them what to do. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you and the thoughts at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Mark listening in West Virginia to WVTS. Hello, Mark. Mark in West Virginia. Going once. Mark's gone. Let's try Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Meg, and Mark. Uh, Hi there. I need to uh, point out, first of all, about the Liberty Dollar, and secondly, about the constitutional issues involved in uh, coining money. But, uh, you know, I happen to have experience in, uh, you know, I pay property taxes with big stacks of $2 bills. I buy stuff with presidential dollars and Kennedy half dollars. And, yes, uh, you know, a lot of people really are ignorant about what is United States money. And they call their boss over there and say, or uh, would the gentleman on pump 10 please be sure to stop it at $10 because uh, they thought these were dollar coins when they were actually half dollars. Okay, they they set it for twenty dollars okay so i have to stop it at ten dollars because they, they don't they don't know all the different categories of dollars and yes those people can uh what are you they, hold on a second tom are you referring to the definition of dollar that refers to a specific amount of silver yeah. no federal dollars people are ignorant about the federal dollars that are out there in two, the form of two dollar federal reserve notes and presidential dollars and Kennedy half dollars. The presidential uh, dollars are, are the uh, the little the little golden coins. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, the little ones. Now those, uh, you know, people are very ignorant about those, and yeah. they, they, some those people might think that this uh, Liberty dollar is a twenty dollar federal dollar piece, and you don't want to spread the li- message of liberty uh, to those people by burning them and making them uh, c- get in trouble for c- having their drawer come up short because they thought this was twenty dollars. I agree. Not. Now the other po- the point about the you're referring to the Liberty Dollar in the way that it was designed by having a, a dollar amount the dollar sign with a certain amount on it yeah. which is basically a suggested trading value for that particular piece yeah. I think the yeah. system has big flaws uh, and I've always yeah. I've always had my critique of it and thanks for the t- the call tonight Tom I appreciate it uh, the Liberty Dollar system had its flaws it's gone now because they raided them and took all their gold and yeah, silver that's so depressing. Uh, but at the same time it was also the most successful 
successful alternative currency out there. And so you can't deny that it had a great marketing program behind it. And most importantly, it was intended to educate people. It wasn't just intended to be passed off. It was intended to get the ideas of real, sound money into people's hands and minds. And I think it was very successful at that. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And joining you this evening is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Uh, By the way, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up this summer, June 20th through the 26th. We're going to be there. Will you? Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting the entire time, all week long, from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. The view is incredible, but the people are even better because they're awesome. Hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out at the same uh, campground, doing everything from family fun and games to agorism in action, uh, everything from live musical performances to panel discussions and speeches, campfires, parties. Man, it's a good time. Cookouts. It's just a whole week of uh, fun. In fact, during the week, there's also the opportunity to get on a tour bus and head down to various different areas of New Hampshire. So like one day, they'll go to Manchester. Another day, they'll go to the Seacoast. Another day, they'll go to, to Keene. And that's a lot of fun as well. So if you're brand new... You should new, definitely check on the Keene one. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're brand new to New Hampshire, that's a great excuse to, uh, to travel around, tour the state, and meet the amazing people that live here and meet the amazing people that are going to live here because we're still in the beginning of this movement. It's still very early on in this whole Free State Project thing, and there are only a few hundred, uh, several hundred people that have made the moves uh, thus far. There are over 10,700 that have pledged to make the move, so there are many more to come that are already here, and you could be one of them. Go to porkfest.com to learn more about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Again, it's coming up this summer. You can use our coupon code FREETALKLIVE which is uh, with no spaces, by the way. Use that code, Free Talk Live, to save 20% on your early bird registration at porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com, as we continue with your phone calls. And we'll talk to Michael listening in Alabama to WBHP. Hello, Michael. Hello there. Yes, I was just listening to you about your Native American stuff and Indians, and I'm a, I happen to have American Indian blood in me and everything, too. My heritage and all, okay, fine, but... I'm with you on the idea about Native American. To me, is anybody born on American soil, military bases overseas, U.S. territories, whatever? I don't believe it's one group of people. And I don't, in political correctness out here, all that is is just plain outright slavery. And I, for one, think that uh, we ought to just start throwing that yoke of slavery off because you can't be free like you guys want to be like I want to be. You're never going to be free as long as you're going to start being, keep being, trying to be politically correct, you know, and come up with all their terminology. You've got to be free, no more PC stuff, and that will help you be free, man. Well, no more I, slavery. I just don't like the PC stuff because it 
becomes very hard to figure out who is racist. Mm. I, I just like it when people are overtly like I appreciate the fact that Scott is so overtly racist. Yeah. I know I don't like that guy. I'm cool with that. Indeed. Huh. So you're saying that using PC terms is akin to slavery? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, a, a it's a sort yeah, of uh, of definitely. slavery. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 requiring someone to uh, to speak the way that you want them to speak. Otherwise, they are, you know, they wouldn't say that slavery at all. I think it's an insult to uh, real no, slaves. Well, I I mean, call, you I call, call citizenship slavery. slavery. Uh, there is no such thing as citizenship. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? Do you, you would uh, be say being um, under the yoke of government, them forcing you to to act in a certain yeah. When you're forced to do something like give a give of your obedience and your money to someone who's your master, will put you in a cage. That seems pretty akin to slavery, if not extortion. Uh, but to suggest that because some people are using a certain term and you would feel uncomfortable not using that term, that's just social ostracism. That uh, yeah, that's, that's not slavery. It's control, and I. You know, I I think that I think it can be taken too far. At the same time, I think that one can be rude, and you know, rudeness is always going to be punished socially. Michael, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. Andy's in California. Andy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Megan, Mark. Uh, hello, this is Andy out in California. Hey, Thank Andy. you for taking my call. You're you're welcome. What's on your mind tonight? I'm just updating you in regards to my uh, endeavor to have equal access for people with uh, learning disabilities like dyslexia, attention deficit disorder, and so on. You wanted to bring, let me see if I recall correctly, you wanted to bring recording devices into court in California. Yeah. I I just had a conversation with a judge or alleged ADA coordinator this morning in Amador County, and we still have uh, uh, a man sitting on the bench making a medical decision, and I start to sit in the back of the truck like a like a dog out in the parking lot, and my girlfriend has to go in the building for me. So uh, even though the rules of court were changed up here in uh, California by the uh, district court in San Francisco, the Ninth Court of Appeals, the uh, county and state still not recognizing that it's been changed. Yeah, they're just not going to do as it. As I said, I'm not asking for accommodations. I have my own. You're bringing your own recording device is what you I mean. I bring my own in, and it's, it's very passive. It doesn't disturb anybody unless you're a criminal. Yeah, it's really it sucks to be in California, dude. I mean, we well, yeah, yeah, we've got recording just devices in court here. Mm-hmm. I just uh, recorded a trial uh, just this last week, and I've actually got four hours of footage. As a matter of fact, it's so much footage that this editing program can't even handle <laughs> cranking out the uh, the, uh, the the MP4 that I'm trying to make out of it. So anybody, I've got other problems. Uh, gone, hmm? Excuse me, has anybody gone in as a, a, a claimant uh, claiming jurisdiction with a tape recorder within the bar? Claiming jurisdiction? I don't understand what you mean. Well, jurisdiction is uh, the difference between being a member of a republic or a democracy. I'm not sure I understand. Well, uh, within a democracy, you only have privileges and the rules of court are uh, superior to law. And within a republic, uh, law is uh, superior to rules of court. And well, that's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of nonsense. I mean, they do whatever the heck they want to do. There is no well, that's law what that the applies. Problem is. Like I say, the tape recorder is a problem. I don't have to explain anything more to you. Criminals only have problems with self-incrimination, and oh, I yeah. have tape recorders. Oh yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I, did, I, yeah. I disagree with your definition of what a republic is. Well, but, um, to, to simplify it, is that uh, we have an attorney in town here that's suing a hundred businesses for not having wheelchair access. Yep. Yet he won't represent someone with dyslexia. 
that gets arrested trying to go to Department of Motor Vehicles or take children from middle schools or high school. Well, it's easier to get money out of businesses than it is the government. The government is very insulated and protected from lawsuits. They will just kick your lawsuit right out of court. They'll tell you you don't have standing, whereas against a business... Plus, you don't really want to upset the government because you have to swear allegiance to them as as a a lawyer. lawyer. Well, yeah. And the whole deal is with the tape recorder, it gives us an opportunity as a country to set a national standard to return discovery to the people because if the state owes discovery, they own everything, the voting process, and uh, the military is not accountable to the judicial You can't get discovery? What, wait, hold on. What does having a recording device have to do with getting discovery? Well, the meaning is I can walk out with the inflections in my hand, what actually said, with, instead of someone that has an encryption machine, which goes from encryption to transcription, which can be changed. You can go in for a citation, like I told you. Oh, okay, my you're talking. Okay, right. You, when you, when mm-hmm. you're talking about dis- okay, I thought when you said discovery, you mean discovery, which is typically known discovery as discovery is evidence. Getting the evidence from prior to the trial. Uh, the state decides what evidence goes in to be presented in front of the jury, and you can't win when the state discovers decides discovery. No well, the whole system is is designed to prevent you from winning for the most part. And yeah. I thank you for the call. I wish you the best of luck out there, uh, California. Though I think for. Uh, for the most part, it's a lost cause. Yeah, I think it's only freedom. the extreme cases where it's just bad PR for the government that people have any chance of winning when they go up against the government. The sad thing is, a guy like this, he's completely within the right. I mean, oh, he's yeah. totally, oh, yeah. he should be able to record these hearings. And as he said, it's his his equipment. He's not getting in anybody's way. Yeah. It's, it's something he should totally be allowed to do. But he's probably going this alone. He's probably got maybe one or two friends that'll, you know, maybe help him out, maybe go with him to court. But he's going it alone. He doesn't have anybody who's a, an activist to back him up like we do here. We show up in court. We filled up the entire courtroom this uh, past week for our friend Jim Johnson. With extras. For the most part. And uh, we were able to record. There was uh, Jason Talley was in there. He had his video camera as well, just in case something happened. We had at least three cameras in there uh, while while we were there. I had a recording device. The uh, man in the robe demanded I shut off the camera at one point because he was going to address the jury regarding the so-called free staters that are here and mm-hmm. as to whether or not the jury could, um, you know, could hear the case without having a bias either for or against free staters. For some reason, he asked me to turn off the camera. But interestingly, he had Jim do it. So he uh, he calls Jim, who's the defendant in the case, up to the front of the, the room with the other attorney, has a few words with him. Then Jim walks over to me and says that uh, I've been asked to turn the camera off. Okay, fine, because of this, some sort of sensitive thing that needs to be said or whatever. Yeah, but what's that have to do with Jim? It I doesn't mean... make sense mm-hmm. because the one of the rules of the court was I couldn't film the jury. So it's not like I was going to pan over to well, see the jury. And the other thing that he was going to explain to the jury was, look, don't make decisions based on this group of people called the free staters uh, for the actions that some of that many of them or some of them might have made over this one guy. So what does he do? He calls over the defendant who's a free stater in order to get the other free stater to turn off the camera. If he wanted a man to turn off the camera, he should have turned off and told the guy who uh, had the camera to turn it off. Which he didn't. Yeah. And so what I did was I just started recording with my auto recording <laughs> device. <laughs> I always have a backup. Yeah, exactly. So we can do those things here, and it's, I'm sorry you can't in California. Maybe you should leave if you like the ideas yeah, of liberty. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about what we've got going on here. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com, and maybe we'll talk about the uh, entry fee at that time. See you then. 
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. Okay, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and I have with me today uh, Pete Richter. Pete, you there? I'm here. How you doing? Good, sir. Now, um, I... I got introduced to you through uh, a mutual friend, and it, it, I, I watched one of your radio shows on YouTube. You actually had a little video there of you doing your, your radio show, and I think you've got a pretty interesting story that our uh, my audience might be interested in. Now, um, tell me a little bit about your background, Pete. Well, I'm a retired Baltimore City policeman. I hit the bricks on foot in 1965. And uh, I was in the Eastern District up in Baltimore, and if people are familiar with Baltimore City, that's that area, like right above Hopkins Hospital. Is that a nice section of town? Yeah, uh, that's the ghetto. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of figured that from your stories, but I just wanted to, I wanted you to say it, not me. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Most of the people that live in the ghetto aren't bad people. They're they're trapped in there and can't get out. You got churches in the ghetto, and you got drug dealers in the ghetto, just like you got in every other neighborhood. But the majority of the people in the ghetto really aren't bad people. They're just, uh, in circumstances, have them where they're trapped. Mm-hmm. So um, now you have all this experience as a Baltimore cop, and um, you had uh, you had a sort of a run-in with some police yourself uh, after after you'd retired. Is that right? Uh, that's that's correct. I uh, moved to lovely Eastern Shore, Queen Anne's County. Uh, that's on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, across the Chesapeake Bay from the Naval Academy. And uh, you know, after working two jobs, you know, most of my life, I got to the point where the kids are out of college, and uh, just like the Jeffersons, I'm going to move up to the East Side and get a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I bought a nice piece of property in a, in a nice community that was uh, protected by covenants and found out that my neighbors are selling drugs, selling stolen cars. Uh, I'm not positive about the stolen cars, but they're bad cars. Could never you know, run out all the tag numbers because you couldn't get any help from the police. And uh, basically, real quick, the neighbors burglarized my house, did $22,000 worth of damage to it, the sheriff's department said they did it and they're going to get them and did absolutely nothing. The original police report was rewritten three months after the fact, contained over 65 mistakes. Uh, these smaller communities are good old boy territories. Everybody knows everybody and they don't, they just do what they want to do and get away with it. Well, after my house was burglarized and the the sheriff told me they did it, it took about a week and a half to figure out they're not going to do anything. You could just see it. Mm -hmm. Their theory was, I found this out later, was that I burglarized my own house for the insurance money. Hmm. All the insurance company did was fix the damage. There's no money to be made when your house is burglarized and damaged. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you know, g- generally, if you wreck your car, all the insurance company is going to do is take your deductible um, and then, uh, you know, uh, g- give you a check less your deductible. And, and so what would be the point in wrecking your car for the money, right? Well, exactly. Well, this is one of their theories. It's, it's like Barney Fife. 
So I, I went after the, you know, I'm going after the neighbors. They're, they're in violation of the covenances. They're in violation of the zoning laws, the housing laws. Uh, I'm telling you, they're selling bad cars. Let me, let me give you one of these cars I'm talking about. I live on a call to Sac Street, and uh, it's dead end with a circle. One of the burglary suspects has on the street a pickup truck with a for sale sign in the window with his phone number. Mm-hmm. The serial number of the pickup truck is listed to a guy that owns a garage in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. It's a ways off. Oh, it's in another state. <laughs> so you got to come across the state line. They're federal offenses. They won't do nothing either. Anyway, the vehicle has a history of about nine sales from New York to Florida and back again. It's displaying. That means that the tag's on the car. It's displaying a Delaware te- license plate that's been expired for more than four years with a current sticker on it. Hmm. I could write a whole ticket book on just what I just told you. Yeah. Uh, all right, I was dealing with the Maryland State Police at the time because by then I, I knew that the Sheriff's Department was inept, corrupted, and knew what they were doing. And the State Police is no better. Lieutenant Paul Kelly went to the man that with this vehicle on the street and warned him to move it because I'm complaining. The big rollback comes down from Pennsylvania. They haul the pickup truck away. And what you find, and it's really disheartening to be a retired policeman and, and see the treatment that you get. Now, I, I know the law pretty well, and, you know, I've been on, in a ghetto. I'm, it takes a lot to scare me. But the average person, you can see why they don't like the cops today. It's just unbelievable the treatment that they give the, the citizens, and they get away with it. And they get away with it because corruption starts at the top. The, the guy at the bottom is never corrupt if the guy at the top does the right thing because the guy at the top will get rid of this guy at the bottom. But if the top's corrupt, the bottom's going to be corrupt too. And that's where we are with our judicial system in, in this country. And, and the, the, the court system is, is probably the main reason that our country's going the way it's going. You know, um, I've heard more. I, I can't tell you how many police officers. It's it's probably close to a dozen, and it's not like I get to talk to retired cops every day. But um, uh, probably a dozen cops have said that the corruption just seems to it, – it's all the way to the top, and it trickles down to the bottom. The good guys get driven out of the department because the bad guys are, are running it, and they just can't handle it. Um, you know, that the police code makes it – nigh impossible to to go after your uh your, your brethren as it were and make it makes it very difficult to to actually see justice within the department uh you're you're absolutely correct on that and uh the biggest problem is they promote the guys that shouldn't be promoted but you gotta have to look at it from their eyes the police commissioner doesn't want a police to be the colonel because the guy that's the police will be going after the drug dealers and you don't know who they're paying off yeah. Last year, last year, over 6,000 metric tons of dope come across the Mexican border. Over 6,000 metric tons. Somebody please tell me how you do that without police or political protection. They must have some level of protection, right? Well, it's, some it's of them the do. game they play. Uh, the, the average cop goes on a job. I'm talking about these border fellows, too. They want to do a good job, the average one. They want to do a good job, and it doesn't take them long until they see there's no light at the end of the tunnel. 
there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Then the dope guys will come up. Say a new, new lieutenant gets gets a job along the border somewhere. All they get, oh, what they'll do is they'll take pictures of his wife grocery shopping, his kids going to school, and then tell him, look, there it is. Here's an envelope. Play ball or have a problem. Yeah. And and they they know that it's corrupt from the top one down. So it's it's like the old number racket, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's it's illegal but condoned, and that's basically what you got with this drug problem. And uh, the cops that work the streets and in bad neighborhoods will tell you, you want to you want to stop the drug trade, legalize it. But who's who's going to lose if you legalize it? And the answer is the people in power. Yeah, it seems like the only people that are going to lose if you if you legalize drug use is the the people that are selling it and the people that uh, are making the money from the people who sell it. Exactly. And the uh, the average drug dealer on the street uh, is is dealing for his own habit. They very seldom get the big guys. Yeah, I've read a statistic. I'm real close on this. Uh, it's like uh, I forget how many it was like a couple million people get arrested every year for uh, for marijuana. Uh, like eighty percent of them arrested for possession. A guy smoking a joint. Another twelve percent for low level uh, dealers. And, you know, like when it gets to the nitty gritty, like 2% big shots get locked up for the for the marijuana trade. And the next guy that robs your uh, bank because he needs marijuana is the first one. Yeah, right. I've never heard of a bank uh, a bank robbery done by somebody who wants some pot. I mean, it's, it just doesn't cost that much, right? <laughs> yeah, well, somewhere around 87% of all the drug arrests in the country are for marijuana. Yeah. And that's because it's you can smell it. And, you know, the kids are using it. They're easy to catch. And, you know, the kids don't think it's wrong. And I'll tell you another thing that really bothers me. Sixty percent of the uh, alerts that these dogs make result in no no drugs. Sixty percent. The dogs alert, and 60 percent of the time, they don't find the drugs. How can that be probable cause to search your car? I, you're going to have to tell me, Pete. <laughs> you know, and it, here's the question I want to ask. Can you, can you cross-examine the dog? Yeah, that's a bit, it's certainly, diff, certainly difficult to do. Well, the dogs are, are probably uh, really good. So if they're not getting the dope, you know, somebody's lying. And you talk to the cops today and they'll say, well, the dope was there, but it's not there now. Yeah. Well, it's not against the law to have a car where the dope was. It's only against the law to have a car where the dope is. Yeah. And they constantly searching people today. I find that the young people really dislike the police. And, and, I, and I find that because of these, these searches and that the police will talk at you rather than to you. You know, nobody in their neighborhood wants the bad guy. Uh, you know, hanging around selling drugs or breaking in the houses. Nobody likes that. But people don't want to give the police information. And I'll give you, I'll give you a true story. I give. Uh, I was working at a place and uh, had some drug dealers mm-hmm. working. So um, I give the information to the police. I said the dope's in the guy's car right now. He's going to leave here. He's going to go down to a McDonald's two miles down the road. He's going to, they're going to cop drugs down there. Well, the police catch them, find what I say is in the car, plus more. They go to court, and without even asking the police where he got the information, he puts me in as the informer. 
Oh, jeez. Now, how stupid is that? <laughs> Just, you know, so why did he do this? And the answer is they want the word out there to write nobody out. Man, <laughs> they could have well, got you killed, huh? Well, um, they had a family in Baltimore City to give information on drug dealers, and drug dealers burnt the house down with the people in it. So everybody knows how the game's played. But the problem with law enforcement starts in the, in the court system. The cops are going to do what the court allows them to do. Yeah. And I'll give you an example. I spent time on a motorcycle, and uh, we didn't write a ticket until you were doing 15 miles over the limit. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't want to write a ticket to judge say not guilty. I want the judge to say guilty. Well, at 15 over, the judge is just about to, he's got to say guilty. So the judge really dictates what the police are going to do. And if the police are out here searching people illegally, it's because the court system condones it. It's just unbelievable what goes on. And like I told you, I told you about one car on my street that the, that the burglary suspects were selling. Out of a list of about 15, I give it to the state police. They do absolutely nothing. They'll, they'll come after you when you make the complaint. It's incredible. I <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, well, let me give let me give you a little little uh, part of this here story. I've been fighting for like thirteen years, and uh, there came a point where I worked my way up the chain of command, mm-hmm. go to everybody for help. But they're all in bed together because the system is so corrupt. Everybody's got something on everybody else. So you you know you go you go to say with a certain state's attorney you want help but he owes the police a favor he owes the politicians a favor and and that's the way the game is played well I worked my way up to a fellow that was running for senator mm-hmm. I talked to him while he was running he said I'll help you well he got elected so I went to him for help to make a long story short he sends the Maryland State Police after my business my trooper. Trooper, why did he do it? Yeah. Well, who knows? Because of the corruption is the only thing I can come up to. I don't talk to the guy. He's not going to talk to me. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So anyway, um, state police tell me I need a license for my business that I don't need, that I'm not qualified for this license that I don't need. And if I dare go to work, they're going to fine me $5,000 a day. Well, that's so I said, where did, they, where did this complaint come from? And... And the uh, trooper says, well, it's an anonymous complaint, and my supervisor gave it to me, Lieutenant Gary Foster. I said, the Foster up in Centerville? And, she, and the trooper says, well, that's the Foster, but now he's over Waterloo Barracks, and, and he's involved with this licensing division. I said, let's get it on, because they were wrong. I, didn't, I, don't, I don't need a license for the type of business I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I go over and I do battle with the state police, and they don't even know their own jobs. They're seatbelt jockeys. They didn't know about seatbelts and silly stuff, but they don't know the, the law about other things. So when I do battle with them, I want to know where this lieutenant got this anonymous complaint. They said it's anonymous. I said, all right, well, he's got a fax. He's got a letter. He wrote a note, you know, when the phone call came in, or he talked to the person live. Let me see the evidence. So when I box him in, uh, they come back and said, oh, he got it from a Sergeant Earl Beville assigned to Homeland Security. That's scary. Well, Beville and this uh, Gary Foster are, are friends, and they live close to each other down here in Queen Anne's County. 
So anyway, with that, a foul, um, I called a senator back up. I said, this is what's going on. I want to get to the head uh, man at the state police. His name was uh, Ed Norris. He, uh, after this deal, he went to jail for stealing the poor box money when he was the police commissioner in Baltimore City. <laughs> well, I couldn't get to him because the senator says I should go to uh, a Captain Marty Knight up in Centerville. I said, I don't want to see him. I want to go to the head guy. He said, got to follow the chain of command. So I go up to Centerville. I take my wife, my son, and a fellow I play gospel music with every Thursday at the convalescent home. So we go up and see this Captain Marty Knight, and I bring up these bad cars. And he says, it's just a couple guys making an extra buck. I said, well, let's cut to the quick. This is what Sergeant Earl Beville did. It's a violation of the malfeasance and office laws, and here's the charge. And the captain in front of all these witnesses says, oh, it wasn't Sergeant Beville. It was the senator. He said you were a pain and told the sergeant to get you. Mm. I'm like, I can't believe this. I just can't believe it. So with that, I, I leave the station, and I file charges against these two with, with the Internal Investigation Division of the Maryland State Police. I'm sure they jumped right on it, too, didn't they? <laughs> you know, that's a long story, too. But I had <laughs> an investigator named Sergeant Christy Meekin out of Salisbury. This, this complaint should have took two weeks, but it took about 10 months. Well, after about 10 months, Sergeant Meekin says to me, Pete, we sustained your complaint. You're going to be happy with the results. Man, I'm tickled to death. Yeah. I get on the Internet and announce it. I get on the talk shows. I get on in Baltimore and announce it. And the next week, the paperwork comes. And the paperwork says that nobody did anything wrong, and I'm not entitled to copies of the reports. Oh, no. Well, they have a thing called the Freedom of Information Act. Yeah. You want to get it from the government, you better take a machine gun because they're not going to give it to you if they don't want to, and there's nothing you can do about it. I would agree. That's the the thing that burns me up is you cannot get the law enforced. The people that swear on the Bible to uphold the Constitution of this country won't do it. Now, they'll do it for run-of-the-mill stuff, and what I've learned in my life is that 95% of the time, 95% of the time, the most crooked cop, the most crooked uh, politician, state's attorney judge, 95% of the time or more, they do the right thing because it's all run-of-the-mill, you know, average stuff that doesn't amount to much. But when it comes time to do the dirty deeds, they don't have any trouble doing it. Mm. And and that's the sad part. Now, Pete. So when I get this, uh, you know, letter from the state police superintendent that nobody did anything wrong, and I can't get the reports, that sounded like Nazi Germany to me. <laughs> that's, it, what, that's what Hitler it's, did. It's he certainly twisted. He Hitler circumvented the rights of the Jews with the police and the military. That's what he did. Pete, and here's here's a senator using the state police. I know you've got uh, I know you got a dozen stories more like this, and I want uh, people to yeah. be able to hear them. Uh, our interview here is just about up, but give people contact information so they can go see your YouTube, so they can hear your show and that kind of thing. All right, I'm on the YouTube Pete Richter videos, and Richter is R I C H T E R Pete Richter videos. I also have a website because I ran for sheriff in this crooked county last time. 
and it's Pete Richter for sheriff. Pete Richter for sheriff, but you have to put that HTTP slashes before Pete Richter for sheriff. And it's not over till it's over. And what I'd like to say is, God bless America. And if that's un, if that's politically incorrect. Too bad. <laughs> well, I think that I think that the people that are running it have uh, have twisted America all up into something uh, that she never was before. Well, you got to stand up for your rights, and so the people in this country don't stand up for their own rights. You go to these big box stores, and you don't steal nothing, and you're trying to get out the door, and they want to see your receipt. Yeah, they have no right to do that. You haven't stolen nothing. You're not a suspect of the crime. But watch the people can't wait to give that right up that brave men fought and died for. And if we don't start standing up for ourselves, we're not going to have a country. We're not going to have a country. Well, it'll be a country here, but we're not going to like it. And, and the Constitution is what gives us our freedom. And them boys and girls are over there now, overseas, fighting and dying for that Constitution, getting their arms and legs blowed off. And these people in charge could care less is, is the feeling I get. Well, I think those people in charge sent those boys and girls over there to uh, fight illegal wars that have never been declared, and that is in and of itself unconstitutional. I think that part is sad, too. Well, it's not really a war. It's a gang fight. Yeah. Because <laughs> wars are declared. Pete, i got to let you go. Uh, that's uh, Pete Richter for sheriff, right? That's that's my website. And also, get on that, uh, go you- to YouTube, Pete Richter Videos, one word, and Richter's R-I-C-H-T-E-R, and I've got videos on there of the police that are out of control and talk shows that I do. And God bless America. Thanks, Pete. Thanks. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. <laughs> 